Right, do you want to intro it or am I going to intro it? I don't mind either way because I mean like I said this is this is you set this task for me so do you want to do you want to maybe do it? No. Okay. For I'll exactly those reasons I'm going to get you to try and do, explain the assignment. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Three, two, one. Um, <laughs> I noticed that was a thing that I did on one of the, and you really? left like the whole, you left the whole thing in. It was great. <laughs> I love it. I like messing up. It's like three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, it's clearly going in this time. Though, it, so. yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so welcome to Genf. Uh, this is our spooky Halloween episode. And uh, for this uh, year's spooky Halloween episode, we are doing two more John Carpenter films, which we did a few years ago. And um, uh, But this time, they're, they're slightly more obscure John Carpenter movies, is, is what I would say. I had never seen either of them. Um, and the two movies that we're doing are John Carpenter's Vampires, as it is titled on the service that I used to watch it, or just Vampires, as it's also titled, um, and Ghosts of Mars. Um, they both came out in the 90s, I believe. Ghost of Mars is technically 2001. 2000, okay, all right, okay. But they're, they're, they're later era John Carpenter movies. So before we did The Fog and The Thing, which were kind of peak era primetime John Carpenter, to my mind at least. Uh, yep. Whereas these are uh, later in his career. And I shan't say any more about my opinion of it until we get into the discussion. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, that's what we're doing, and uh, we're very happy to, to be, be chatting about this on this spooky Thanksgiving Halloween. period, uh, where, at least on my end, it's gotten, it's gotten chillier and more fall-like, so I'm kind of getting into the Halloween spirit because of the fact that it's, it's, the weather's changed. It was a week ago, it was still, we were still getting like 90-degree days, so uh, now that it's, it's kind of chilly and, and it's been raining a bit and there's a little bit of snow on the mountains, it's, uh, it's feeling like we're getting toward proper Halloween fall season so I'm, I'm liking it a lot uh ours went to absolute pissing rain for a week and then today it's been relatively pleasant again so Good. that's a bit odd but yeah there we go but yeah autumnal weirdly actually the leaves haven't really started to change that much no they're not no which is strange because it's october but it's gonna happen now we've had the rain it must happen in the you, you would think so in the next week it so. was i ended up on the uh drove out just went for a drive last weekend and all the weekend before and was on the other side of the mountains, and I was noticing the leaves were changing on that side of the mountains already. Uh, but now they're now, now it's happening over here. It tends mm. to tends to happen over there there more because of the direction of the winds. I think I'm not sure. Sure, why not? That's yeah. meteorology. That's the meteorology report for this week. Yes, it occurs to me. Last week I didn't leave the house for three days, so I actually do not know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could have been, it could have all changed in the last week, and but I was so busy, I actually didn't leave the house for a couple of days. So, yeah. so there you go. Um, uh, as we're doing a full episode, what are you drinking? Oh, right now I have uh, peach peace tea, peace uh, peach iced tea. Um, but I also have uh, a can, which for a little bit later on, when I need some water, have a can of Liquid Death. Oh shit! The, spark, the, 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 the fizzy kind. It's now, so so I, I, I listened to our episode where I, I talked about this the other day, where I introduced it to you, um, and um, it's uh, it's it, the way uh, that sponsorship, folks. At that, <laughs> yeah, at that time uh, it was mail order only; it was all online. Now, now it's it's literally in the store across the street, and I think the gas station as well. So it's they've gone from being online only to being full retail. So, wow, is that a testament to how well their business is doing, or how 
often we haven't done this show. Uh, I think it's a testament to how well their business is doing since we plugged them and did a whole bit. Unpaid. Oh, yeah. Of course, we blew um, them up. Yeah. We, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's what happened. Where's but, our cut of the business, uh, Mr. It, it, seem, it seems like, like a bunch of punk rockers have gotten into it as well because um, I, I saw that like Fat Mike did a promo spot for them from NoFX and um or at least a like a social media video and then i was at the theater yesterday and uh my friend michael organizes a um like a punk rock or i guess more like hardcore uh show live show every every year they didn't do it last year but they did it this year and he had the t-shirt on from it and on the back there was a liquid death logo so they they sponsored part of his show i didn't get a chance to talk to him about it but i'm kind of curious so he's getting sponsorship but we're not motherfucker we we blew up their business. We got them in yeah. the Seven Eleven for fuck's sake. Yeah. Now Michael. you're drinking your like two cans worth tea stacked on top of each other. <laughs> so <big. laughs> it's twenty three fluid ounces, six hundred and eighty milliliters. How much? How much is a? Is that two? Is that more than two cans? Because it looks like it's probably more than two cans. Uh, six hundred and eighty milliliters would be three forty per. So it's not quite two cans. Because the, the the cans here are twelve fluid ounces, twelve fluid ounces, okay. and this is twenty three. So, I I'm not even going to get into the whether that's the same as our cans or not because I just don't it's know. not the three hundred and thirty mil there and the three fifty five here, which is twelve ounces. Oh, so they're slightly bigger. It's slightly bigger, yes. Interesting. I've never I never really clocked it, but then I don't. I suppose it's I'm only really drinking beer from cans when I'm over there. Yeah, and yeah. I don't really give a fuck about how big they are as long as I keep drinking them. As long as I keep going. <laughs> So nice. Look, look like I'm drinking beer at some at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, that's the danger of that. But I suppose if they're sponsoring things like that, um, then it's yeah. good because that's like clearly their whole fits their gimmick. It's like they're not sponsoring mm-hmm. My Little Pony or whatever, which would be probably slightly detrimental to the business model. Funny though. Yeah, here's My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, sponsored by Liquid Death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What are you drinking? Right. Oh, uh, I'm just drinking water. I, I haven't actually haven't haven't got anything more exciting. Sadly, I wish I had. But if we break in the middle, I might get something more exciting. I'll give you a, a, a midway update on my uh, exciting drinking things. I don't actually have. Do I have anything else down? I can drink. I've got a can of uh, something, but that's for another for a later show. So I don't want to spoil that. That, that, that also that does remind me that I am I'm going to. Uh, when you mentioned having a break, uh, I'm going to send you a, a jingle for this episode. Ooh, jingle-tastic. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. I'm going to move over slightly, so I'm not on the edge of my thing. Right, should we dive into um, the first one of John our John Carpenter's films? Vampires. Yes, let's. Okay. Why don't you give us a, a, a brief plot summary, or do we want to just get into the, the movie? What, what, what's your, what's your thought? <laughs> no, you know what? Because we did this... A fucking hour. <laughs> Just, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna get you to tell me what happened in the film John Carpenter's Vampires. How's All that? Right. Them apples. Okay, okay. Drop my pen. So, and it's gone. Uh, so, so James Woods uh, has a giant head, and um, he and whatever the fuck Baldwin and um, a group of misfits are vampire hunters in what appears to be uh, like. What I couldn't figure out, but later realized, is not like I was like, is this like a post-apocalyptic film? That's the way it opened. You like that they that they go to a house and there's a house and it's like, oh, it's the perfect nest and there's a you know the, where there's a nest, there's like a master and all this kind of shit. So they're 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 like 
vampire hunters. They're these these rough rough riding kind of like tough guy vampire hunters. Um, and uh, the directions that they were given looks like say like like okay in every frame you're gonna look like you're mean and tough. Um, <laughs> Doesn't yeah. doesn't it like because there's a couple yeah, yeah. of like faces that whatever the fuck Baldwin pit pulls that that are just like it's so innocuous it's I can almost like hear John Carpenter standing behind the camera going no 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 tougher tougher tough and then just gets absurd and he's like yep okay perfect <laughs> but but okay so 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 I was I got I was confused as as, as this film went on I, I I I think I have about twenty notes for this film okay um and the rough synopsis is a division of the Catholic Church goes around hunting vampires it turns out that the 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 master vampire who decimates the team except for two. Uh, quite close to the start of the film is actually the original vampire, the very first vampire who was created in an aborted ceremony to do a reverse exorcism. This is real. A reverse exorcism that didn't complete and that's why vampires cannot exist in the daylight. The final part of the of the, of the, the, the ceremony that the ritual would allow him to, to, and other vampires, presumably, to exist in the daylight as well. But as it is, and, and there's, a, there's a whole great scene with, um, oh, uh, is it, uh, it's, it's the, 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 like, research, research, uh, uh, father research, the, the, the library. <laughs> yeah. research. Padre Research, the, the library priest, um, uh, he, he uh, uh, Fisher Stevens, um, he, he, uh, uh, he, <laughs> you know, you're not wrong. I never thought of it, but you're not wrong. Uh, he's riding along with with James Woods, who I fucking hate in this film. I just <laughs> loathe him. I absolutely hate him. He's he's a shit actor. He's a horrible garbage human being, and he, his character has zero redeeming qualities. I wanted him to die. And I wanted the fucking vampires to win by the end of the, this film. Anyway. They're riding together in the the inex, inexplicably acquired armored truck, and at one point he's telling he's telling them the rules of the film. He's saying, "Okay, so vampires in our world, like garlic, doesn't work on them. Crosses do shit, and I think is what he actually says. Um, and like, but the vampire myths that do work are stakes through the heart and sun exposure to sunlight. Those two things will, will get rid of the vampire. And I, he uses a phrase." Uh, no, I, and I didn't write that that, that phrase down. But he, he like he regularly refers to them as like being like they're not like Euro trash. Uh, it's, it kind of like implies there's a bit of implied homophobia in this film. Implied. <laughs> okay, okay. I it's have not so Im- many quotes written down for later. You wait. Okay, so- all right. Well, I've I've got at least one written down that that uh, that we'll 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 definitely get to. Yeah. So. Um, so, so, so that's the film. It, it's about uh, uh, whatever the fuck Baldwin and James Woods and uh, um, Father Library Fisher Stevens um, hunting down the prime vampire and trying to kill him before they acquire the cross, which I forgot. I didn't write the name down of. Uh, Bezier, Bezier. Berzier Berzier, cross. cross. Cross of Berzier, yeah. The cross of Berzier, which is what they, is the artifact that they need to um, 
to complete the the ritual, which will allow vampires to walk in the day. Um, and it's currently being protected by a bunch of desert dwelling Disneyland monks. Yes, very true. Yes, good point. Yes. I'd, yeah, I'd forgotten that's how the monastery comes into the middle of it. Um, yeah. The only thing you buried in that, obviously, spoilers for John Carpenter's vampires, folks, um, is that um, whatever the fuck Baldwin is bitten. Oh by... yes, he gets bitten. They, yeah, yeah, they they acquire uh, during the the scene where, and maybe we'll get to that in a little bit. Let's let's. There's a third character who is a woman who who um, uh, gets bitten by. Uh, is it? What's the Valid. name? Of the, the, Definitely Valid. not Valid. Dracula. Yeah, yeah by, by definitely not Dracula or <laughs> yeah. Danny Filth. Um, uh, gets bitten at the start of the film and is 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 transforming, progressing in this in this vampire lore. I suppose it takes them a while to become vampires after they're bitten, mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a mention of a telepathic link that yeah. uh, that they use to track down um, Valak. So. Uh, so, so let, let's 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 move into like sequentially moving through the film because that's how I took my notes. Sure. Um, so, so uh, yes, the first thing I noticed about this film was lens filters that the in that opening yeah. scene it is just like it's there's a purple band of like gradient along the top of the camera. They're, yeah, uh, they're practically the filtering everything. Yeah, yeah, they love yeah. It. yeah. Um, Which uh, John Carpenter on the commentary described as heavy filters. <laughs> Because they were trying to make it look like um, dawn, I think that they'd got there at dawn. Oh, they they, miserably failed with that. Well, but they opened with all those shots of the sun coming up, the helicopter shots over the. Oh, that's true. And I think they wanted to then segue straight into the. You know, this is continuous from that from that dawn. Okay, it felt like midday, but okay. Well, it's probably because it was shot at midday. (laughs) It's clearly (laughs) direct sunlight, but they've just put some purple over the top of it, which isn't even really the color of dawn. But yeah, they they're loving some practical. Gradient filters. They are. Please carry on. Um, so uh, yeah, the, the the next thing is they're, they're kind of standing outside of there's a, there's like a truck, isn't it? And they're standing outside of this this like ramshackle desert house that's out on its own. Yeah. Um, and whatever the fuck, Baldwin and um, James Woods get out of the truck, and then they're just hamming hamming at the fuck up. He's and got his a, binoculars. Yeah, he's got his binoculars, and and, and whatever do you know the fuck what he Baldwin's says. Got his, no, what does he say? He's, I've written this down because this is I, bizarrely. I remember this from twenty years ago because I, I I saw this film, which we'll get into in in you know context, um, and then I didn't see this one for a very very long time. Okay, but bizarrely, okay. it stuck with me enough because I watched stuck it. With you? Okay, I thought the first line of the film was another New Mexican shithole, which is what Wood says. It's the first line he says, but the actual first line of this film is is a cue up from from whatever Baldwin saying uh what does it look like and it's him with his binoculars trying to look cool going which he fails at the whole film well it depends i mean like james woods was literally 50 at this point so i think to him and possibly john gumder that looks cool (laughs) oh i was talking about baldwin but yeah uh, baldwin Baldwin just keeps pulling faces and it's just like yeah you're not prime baldwin i'm sorry um Tertiary it's, Baldwin at best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was talking to Melly about this yesterday. I was, I was like, uh, I was like, one of the worst Baldwins is in is in this, and she's like, are any of the Baldwins good? And I'm like, there's Alec, and then there's like everyone else, and maybe Billy slightly towards the front of it, and then there's just like every time, and she's like, every time I hear of a Baldwin, I learn of a new one, and I was like, I think that's how they breed, just by us talking about them. <laughs> so Baldwins let's stop. are the true vampires. Yeah, that's true. Um, so uh, the the intention clearly is they're going to raid this house, 
and go and go and hunt the vampires in the house. Um, but then the back of the fucking truck opens and this goon squad pops out, including a guy who um, is, uh, who I, um, what did I, I, I christen him? Uh, Dan Fogler pops out of the back wearing an upside down cross t-shirt for some fucking reason, <laughs> which is really confusing later on when you realize that this is a, they're like a division of, of the Catholic church, but he's, he's wearing, and it's, you see this later on, he's wearing an upside down cross t-shirt. And I'm pretty sure he has another one. That's a different color that has a stripper hanging off of the, the long end of the cross. So, but, but that he, I, I, so I didn't understand that at all, but he's got a cigarette in his mouth, which never disappears. He like always has it. <laughs> um, and then there's like a, a native American guy who I had a question about, and I don't think he is. I was like, is that the same actor that was in uh, the uh, in Ghosts of Mars. I do not believe so. No, I don't think I don't think so either. At first, I thought it was when I caught a glimpse of him, and then I saw him closer up later on in in another scene, and I was like, actually, no, I don't think it is. Because I, I I get the feeling that John Carpenter is the kind of guy who might recast people or have 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 the same people in in movies. Um, although I can't think of an example of that now. I think about it. Well, there's the David in this one. Actually, almost none. There's no one no. he's worked with previously in this one, but I mean, otherwise, especially through the eighties, Kurt Russell, um, oh, true, yeah. Keith David, uh, yeah. Peter, David. Jason, who is in Ghost of Mars. Um, but I suppose by this point, a lot of those folks are getting a little old and out of like Jamie Lee Curtis, even you know. Oh yeah, true. So true. especially especially earlier, there's a there's a bunch more of those. But actually, this one is quite. You're right. It actually almost gets away from all of those, uh, mm. uh, the, the sort of rep company folks. I hadn't reconsidered that, actually. Yeah. Is there anyone? Um, we'll have to have a think. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, so so they, they start going into the house, and uh, oh, and a priest is there as well, uh, and, and gives him, like, a blessing. And does, and he's, like, a full Catholic priest dressed as, like, with the dog collar and everything. And they keep calling him, him Padre, and that's that's commonly how they refer to, to the priest throughout the movie as Padre. Um, which I actually had notes on that, I think, and I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts on it, but we'll get to it later on because it's a plot point. Um, uh, but then, uh, so they, they go into the house and they have a couple of different techniques for, for killing vampires. Guns seem to be relatively ineffectual on them, except when they're not, um, which, which we'll, we'll get to in a minute. Uh, and, but, but, but for the most part, they've got stakes and then... James Woods has an over art directed spear gun that looks like a kind of um, like a crossbow gun, yeah. but it's, it's, it looks like it's got nineties sporting pretensions is what it kind of looks like. It's like, I, I feel like I had a plastic gun with that same handle on the back, <laughs> that same stock, you know? Um, and that's got like, it's got darts on it with, with like, like little rockets that go into the chest and they're attached to a winch on the vehicle outside. And then they pull them out into the sun, which is actually kind of a cool gimmick, mm. but I have, I have mechanical problems with it, but, but I, I really did actually, one thing I really dug about it was the, um, the, the kind of flare effect when they hit the light, like the, the, the fire doesn't just, it doesn't, they don't just kind of like erupt into fire. It shoots out of them like a firework. It's great. I think that looks really cool. Yeah, it's like um, I think it's gas jets. If I, unless I'm mistaken, okay. yeah. It, to be honest, it was never talked about in the commentary, but I think from 20 years ago that they were done with small gas jets along their arms because you sometimes see they don't fire. Mm. Like you'll get one, and then you'll get another one, and then you'll get oh, one yeah. in between goes off a little later. Which like, makes sense because like, the gas is so, catching. Yeah, someone must be like almost firing them off at each one. They're either they're either sort of 
some sort of flame squib thing or their uh, mm-hmm. or their their gas, I think. But uh, but yeah, so th- those are the that's beginning cool. of it, and then they then they burn up a dummy. I've got a picture of a dummy. I want to send you in a little bit. That's okay. Uh, if you go through some of the burns frame by frame, it's quite amusing seeing the dummies. Marvelous. So, um, please carry on. I, 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 the, 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 so the, whatever the fuck Baldwin's job is to sit out in the truck and work the winch. That seems to be his job. Um, mm. and, and stare pensively into the distance and make like comments to, to the Padre. That, that seems to be his, in, his in, entire job on what I presume is like a normal operation. This is like a, this is how it's supposed to go. And then we get later into the film, obviously, where everything goes to shit. Um, but I, the one note that I had about his performance in this scene is I hate his tiny cigar. Yeah, this like <laughs> tiny little thin pencil cigar, and I fucking hated it. Um, uh, what happens next? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. What is whatever the fuck Bolden doing with his face? Um, so, so, so that is a relatively successful operation. We, 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 we finish up. They, they like, they clean, th- they, they, they do like implied cleanup where they, they, is it, they chop the heads off of the bodies and bury them somewhere else. They sort of yeah, they definitely chop their heads off, and they have the skulls all lined up, and the one guy counts them all off, doesn't he? Yes, so. yeah, yeah. Dan Fogler counts and, them. Yeah, they have the, the skull, the skulls lined up on the on the on the truck. And because James Woods is the coolest guy ever, doesn't he light uh light a cigar off the? I think he does off the off, one off skull. One. Like, it's either him or Baldwin. The, yeah. They yeah, lights a match off the one thing. And, and uh, they're definitely and, both. They're both vying to be the coolest guy, the most badass dude yeah. in this movie, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, totally. And yeah, hundred percent nailing it. <laughs> Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> oh dear! So, so now we move into into um, the, the scene where we're, we cut to a motel and it's nighttime. And the note I have for this is: vampire hunters by day, whoremongers by night. Because it <laughs> is just, it is, it is just they've taken over like an what seems like an entire motel, and they're drinking, and presumably there's drugs going on. And there's a bent cop there who they're paying off to not arrest them and shit. And um, they're really everywhere. Well, they kind they kind of say it, but he's, he's, he says, "I've got a package for you." At one point, James Woods does because he's because the cops talking to the padre, who's also yeah. there at the at the the whore party, the like cousin whore's party, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. and. Uh, and, and he's talking, so he's talking to the cop, and then James Woods comes over and says, because uh, the, the cop's like, I'm getting uneasy with this, I'm, I'll be glad when you leave town. Yeah, he um, does, yeah. And then, and then James Woods says, I've got a package for you, and then I think the implication there is that, that here's more money. This is this is your payoff. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I, I sort of thought it was co- cooperation somewhere along the line, but yeah, because he seems to have got them the women. He does. Like local he women, to, which yeah, is like... Yeah, them all the women. Yeah, and... The, and, and not to get ahead of ourselves, but appears to die in the massacre because when yes. the hotel goes up in flames, the police car is still outside. Right, so. right. Um, well, I think yeah, I think basically everyone but James Woods uh, and um, whatever the fuck Baldwin and our next character who gets introduced into this film, played by Cheryl Lee. Cheryl what was Lee. her name? Oh, Katrina. Katrina, Okay. So Katrina is one of the 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 women at the party, um, and like at first, like she and James Woods kind of share a thing, and he's like, "Go wait for me in a room or something," right? 
Yeah, they, they get a scene together because that's the only yeah. time they'll be together pretty much throughout the film. Until right. uh, yeah, until they're treating her horrendously badly. Oh, so, it's horrible! It gets so bad later on. Yeah. Um. But but so so she like wanders off to an, another room, presumably to wait for James Woods to come and you know stick his massive head between her legs or something. Um. And uh, instead, uh, we get a uh, she, she's she's in in the room, and then we start to see this shadowy figure uh, of definitely not dracula arriving at the at the hotel and they they've been referring to during the previous scene they've been referring to they didn't find the master and the master clearly there's like vampire spawns and masters and yeah you skipped over this actually um they introduce like it's occasionally used really sparingly throughout the film this idea of the rules and the first rule is where you find the nest you find the master i've I've written i've written i've written the rules down and yeah, and and so yeah, they didn't find a master in this one, although they found nine vampires. So what rule number was if where you find the nest, you find the master? I think I think it's five. I didn't write it down. Okay, because I, re- I I got three of the ten rules. Oh, really? okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to come to those. Uh, when, oh, when they, I, when they... I look forward to this. I look forward to you. Saying yeah. the rules. Also, the um, uh, the idea that they call them goons. I don't want to. You said goon goons. squad, but they actually do only really refer to them as goons. Okay. So, you know, the vampires to them are goons. We've got a goon, you know, type thing, which right. I kind of dig. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's actually a fun bit with uh, Dan Fogler and one of the other, uh, like, anonymous uh, members of, of the of the vampire killers. He repeatedly sell, says he's like he's got, like, a, a girl on his lap, and they're like, what do you do? And, and he's like, we kill vampires. And that seems to be all he ever says. He's like, we kill vampires. Yeah. And he says it, like, ten times, it seems. Um, and then they ask the, the, the other guy next to him, he's like, what do we do? It's like we kill vampires. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so uh, the next thing that happens is that uh, uh, Katrina is in this room on her own, and um, we see that uh, we later find out to be um, uh, Zalik. Is it Zalik? Valik. 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 Valik uh, has shown up at the hotel, and and you know, bad shit's going to go down. But then we get to, I, I know I just joked about James Woods, but we joked, we, we jump to like, he's stat, he's like behind her on, on the ceiling, like, mm. Bleh! <laughs> which I, which I kind of loved actually. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, cool. <laughs> he's in like in the corner and she's standing in the room and then uh, she, uh, he, she gets attacked by him and we cut to like a POV shot of her and he's between her legs. Like mm. it's, and I was like, wait, what is this film and where are we going with this? But he was actually just biting the inside of her thigh. Like, mm. but she's, but like, she is like almost like in kind of like uh, her, her acting at that point is, is kind of like sexual ex- ecstasy almost, yeah. which I, I guess kind of gels later on from uh, another moment in the film, which we'll get to. Um, but, but she's been bitten by this point and, and she's in, she's in the room and she's kind of starts st- stumbling around outside a little bit later on, but then Valak goes and um, knocks on the door of the room. <laughs> kind of, yeah. basically, it's like, like ding dong, um, <laughs> and Dan Fogler opens the door and gets killed by his hand. And his death was fucking vicious. It was mm. great. It was actually really great. So what he does is he puts his hand through him and then he like rips his hand vertically up toward his head and like the left third of his body just goes and then yeah, it's a beautiful effect. Yeah. It's a great effect. I really like yeah. that. 
Did, did they say both anything these, about that in the commentary? Well, both these films actually share the same uh, effects studio, which is K&B, who did... Uh, they're pretty much one of the best. They do all of Tarantino stuff. They've done done most of The Walking Dead. Um, like Greg Nicotero, Howard Berger, and... Who is the K? I can't remember who the K and K&B is. Oh, I should know things like this. I call myself a fan, but anyway, they they like pretty much the 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 true great last vestige of of uh, practical makeup effects in many ways. So they did they did uh, both Robert of this Kurtzman. and Kurtzman. Thank you very much. Um, they did both uh, this and Ghost of Mars, and yeah, have have gone on to humongous things, but we're already way into it at this point. I, I think they did from Dust Till Dawn, which obviously shares, oh, it has that um, kind of kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. I think this only exists because From Dust Till Dawn and Blade was successful. Yeah, probably. probably. Yeah, (laughs) Love Cops like I want to do that too. (laughs) Yeah, but for like a lot less money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. Um, One thing I did, and I don't want to start with contrast to to Ghosts of Mars yet, but one thing that I did notice was that that this film. I mean, it looks like a film. It looks. It looks. It looks nice-ish. You know, at Mm. least it's. It's. It looks like it was. It kind of. It kind of feels like it's about. I would have if you'd asked me. I, I didn't know just what year it was when I when I looked at it. I watched it. By the way, I watched both of these by getting a trial for stars. That's uh, through Apple TV. That's oh, that's how that's that's how that was the cheapest way to to, to watch watch them. See, even if I paid for an, a, a month of that after my seven day trial, I was still going to get both of them for cheaper than I would if I'd rented them through like Amazon or something. Interesting, um, but you got nice high definition. I, I should think you yeah. got the same things that are on my Blu-rays, right? So I would imagine so. Yeah, yeah, and it looked they they, they yeah it, it, from that perspective, yeah, the, the, the copies that I watched look great. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, the uh, yeah. I, like I said, I didn't see the year that this was from, and I didn't go like hunting on IMDb or anything like that. I wanted to just kind of go into it and watch it just cold. So it wasn't until the end that I noticed that the year that this film was released, and and, and what year was this release, Mark? Uh, what, technically 1998 in the US. Yes. Well, we didn't, we didn't get it until late 99. But it was shot in 97. Yeah, give or take, I would think. Not, not 1991 or two, which was when I thought it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, John Carpenter was still making good films back then. Um, <laughs> I don't know. If that's oh true. Oh my god! It, look, it really did. It looked like the early nineties to me, especially like with whatever thought Baldwin's hair and the fact that he was wearing mm-hmm. like the you know the, the denim shirt and shit. It just and James Woods in his leather jacket that was a bit too big for him and stuff. It just. It, like it, it just didn't look. I think right. it's too big. I always kind of think it looks too small. Well, it's, it's, but, but, but it, well, it's it's too tight, but it's it's too bulky. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, it's both. It's somehow both. It's somehow um, both too big and too small for him. It's that like cut of leather jacket that's never been cool. Is the strangest yes, thing. It's like we want him in a leather jacket with leather gloves and dark glasses. Like, okay, we've got you. We'll get you the the weird plastic Mac leather jacket <laughs> with no pockets and <laughs> one zip. You know, it just yeah, doesn't, it's not exactly. like a biker jacket. It's just no, kind of like it's a, not, no. you know, working men's club jacket. <laughs> yeah. Know? So, 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 so there's, there's, right, right before this scene, there was actually a moment where I was like, that seems unnecessary. Like they're, they're trying to build the, um, uh, the image that this is a wild and crazy party. And it just cuts to that one Native American actor and he just picks up a lamp and throws it through the window. <laughs> I love that moment. It's so like, it's it's just like, like what happened? What's the most rock and roll thing to do? Throw something out a window. But it's like, it's a first floor flat 
Yeah, it's you know, not a one floor, one floor motel. It's, it doesn't have a second floor. Like, what's the point in throwing something out the window, especially a lamp? Yeah, it just landed in the fucking sagebrush outside in the dark. Yeah. Yeah, like it's Take maybe that, a scared scorpion, you know? <laughs> that's it, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, um, so, 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 uh, uh, Valak decimates the 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 the, the group. Mm. He kills everyone. He kills all the all of the the entire member of the team. Dan Fogler and everyone from the team is is dead. The Padre is dead. Cops dead. All the girls are dead, except for um, for Katrina. Um, and uh, but but James Woods and whatever the fuck Baldwin survive, and they they get out, and then they. They they jump in the truck, right? They they jump in the truck and drive away as fast as they can. You're missing the key point where Valak turns to Woods and goes, "Jack Crow." Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he knows his name. He, for he knows his name. Yeah, yeah. Okay, thank you for for, for filling that in. Woods is but like, then, "How do you know my name, you prick?" <laughs> yeah. Uh, then whatever the fuck Baldwin's driving and. Um, uh, James Woods is in the passenger seat, but he keeps telling him, drive faster, drive faster. And like, clearly he's got his foot to the floor and he's driving as fast as he can. It's like, go, go, go. And it just made no sense. Um, but it was, it was still great. Uh, and then, um, well, like he's right behind us and we never see that. And the, the only time we see, we see Valak is when he catches up with him and he's clearly, he's like flies at the back of the truck mm-hmm. and ends up on top of the truck. Um, and well, he ends up in the bed of the truck right behind the window. Cause it's like one of those single cab trucks where there's a window right behind your head. Like in 1991. Like in 1991. Yeah, exactly. And this is where the inconsistency with guns gets me. And may- maybe it can be explained by, you know, it was point blank and it was right in his face or whatever. But like up until this point, there's, there's a, there are a couple of moments literally where you've got two of the members of uh, who get completely killed of, of James Woods and and whatever the Baldwin's team with fully automatic like giant assault rifle things just like like laying shit tons of bullets into him he's just kind of like blur and and like it doesn't really affect him all that much he might twitch a little bit like as the bullets are hitting him but he still like walks towards them and kills them with his fingernails and shit but then then he he's on the back of the 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 truck and uh, either James Woods or whatever like Baldwin shoots him in the face with a revolver and he's like Wah! and and gets sent off the back of the truck and that's him done for the night. Done for the night. Well, guess I'll go home then. Puts on his hat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, precisely. Back to my coffin. Uh, no, co- no, no, they don't sleep in coffins. No, it's actually it's a good point. Did you notice that just Valak uh, and when he has the other folks with him, they just sort of bury themselves bury in the themselves. dirt? I thought, that's, I've got a note about that. I actually thought that was a really cool effect when they're all coming out of the dirt. I loved that. Oh, that it's super great. cool. And it was probably super dangerous to film because you've got to bury your actors, right? I, but, I thought that as well. I was like, some of these folks are trying to stay in character, but I think they're all like... <laughs> yeah. But my big question is, where is Valak always showering? <laughs> Oh, good question. He's covered in dirt, but then he's, he's so perfect with his hair and, and, his, like, yeah. and his white face, and yeah, it's like corpse makeup. It's like Danny Phil's face. It's Danny Phil's face. Yeah, which we'll That's get to question. later on, folks. We will. <laughs> um, yeah. So from there, we go. For some reason, they split up. Baldwin goes to a nice hotel with a with. He goes to like a nice what what looks like kind of like a southern hotel almost. I I got like Louisiana vibes from this, but. 
I guess I, I did one thing I did look up was where it was shot because I was curious because I saw desert and mountains in the background. I was like, is this Utah? That's New Mexico. It was New Mexico, yeah. They just yeah. laid on the table, really. Um, yeah. And then Woods goes back to, to sort of effectively to base to uh, to uh, sort of regroup and see what the hell's going on and whatnot. He effectively to find out how some vampire he doesn't know knows him. Right, so, but but what's base? Well, they keep saying you've got to go to Santa Fe, don't they, and regroup. But then he seems to go to uh, some sort of quite nice... Um... Monterey is what they say. Is it Monterey or is it Santa yeah. Fe? I, th- I think they say Monterey a couple of times. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head now. I should have written it down. Anyway. But then, yeah, but then he goes to this place, but then the Cardinal tells him to go back to the other place and get a new but, team. But, so... but, that, but, that, but that's the key. This is where I did, because I didn't realize until this point, it is, it's like he goes back to base. And like, at first I just thought, well, okay, in the opening scene, they've got a, they've got a, a priest with them. Maybe they're, they're just, you know, it's just to kind of help him with stuff. I didn't put two and two together that they were a division of the Catholic Church until he goes and meets with his boss, who's a fucking cardinal. Oh, yeah, okay. That's cool. No, yeah, yeah. And this is where well, yeah. Fisher Stevens gets introduced. Yeah, and that's where you get the, or in the the scene after that, you get the the weird backstory thing between them, where it's like your parents were killed by vampires, and you killed your own parents, and you were raised by the church to be their best slayer or whatever. Right, and that's that's where my that's why because he he he, he well he doesn't he doesn't tell that does he tell that story there or is it I thought it was later on when he's got like in the horrible abuse of I like you Padre, uh, but now I'm going to threaten to kill you until you tell me what I need to know. Scene in the bathroom in the hotel. I think that's no, where it's the it's comes out, uh, it? it's a little bit of both. So you get a little oh, bit okay, of it okay. in the bathroom at the hotel. You get a little bit of it when he pulls just before he stops the truck, then violently pulls him out of the truck and shoves a gun in his face. Right, like yeah, yeah. Tatum turned on us or whatever, and then for some reason he inexplicably starts to trust the priest. Yes, yes. Um, uh, but uh, we, we we did miss something actually because the, the, right before that is when um they're, they're in the truck and before right before they split up and um isn't that where James Woods uh, like cryingly cuts every, all of his team's heads off and shit. There's, oh, there's yeah, like he a scene go where he goes and, yes. and clean up, and then there's footage yeah, of that yeah. on the news. Um, but like, it's like this squelching sounds, and like he puts a stake through all their hearts, and then he's like, "I'm sorry, buddy," like cutting his head, cutting like yeah, Dan yeah. Fogel's head off and shit. And then it's, he just sort of yeah, yeah. And but then he gets into the armored truck that's there somehow. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> Like, the armored truck, yeah, the useful armored truck was that. Was that what the cop was driving? What the hell? What, no, no, that, they always had that. That's right from the beginning because that's what they get. Their oh, weapon. That's okay. the rest of the team is in that truck at the beginning because Montoya has yes, his uh, yeah shitty little jeep. I think there's yes. a production reason here. Montoya always drives the shitty little jeep. He does, and Woods always drives the big armored van. And I think that's right. so Woods doesn't have to do practical driving. <laughs> Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> because okay. you yeah, can't it's way harder to shoot with the exposed vehicle. Yeah, I, so I think I think a lot of the the scenes in the van are probably just shot with the truck just being rocked, and he's like, "What are you fucking prick?" or whatever, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I think I think that's a laziness. Yeah. <laughs> Every time they cut to the, the like the POV angle of of James Woods looking at uh, uh, Father Fisher Stevens in the in the in the truck in the in the, the armored truck, there's a, there's a big painted like thing on the side of the on on the door that just says throw bolt. Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> But the the thing that we, we missed was was this is where they start they start talking about the telepathic link, 
Yes. They're, before they split up, they're, they're like, oh, you know, she, she hasn't turned yet. And the telepathic, but we've got to get it quick because the telepathic link's going to start. And then, then, uh, then they're going to know where she is and stuff. And, and, uh, you know, Valak is going to be able to, to, to do all this stuff. But then it kind of almost works the other way a little bit later on. So after that scene where we, where we get uh, a little bit of the backstory and, uh, I learned that that they're not just like a rogue vampire squad or like vampire hunters for hire. They are a division of of Catholic Church Incorporated. Um, <laughs> uh, then we go to the hotel where uh, uh, we 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 are. It's it's revealed. Also, um, what I was like, Baldwin checks in and he has like a confrontational. Uh, conversation with the, the like the desk clerk and and gets a room yeah, he's um, just needlessly just, nasty he's just an asshole to everyone he, he's, he's just yeah, awful yeah. um i forgot there's the bit where he steals the car off frank darabont for some reason as well that 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 bit is that's that's a bit later on isn't it because he's an east no no that? that's actually before they split up because james is jumping all over the shop completely but yeah he steals the car at the gas station that's how they yeah one of them takes that car and one of them takes the other car and that's how they go on which that, that scene is so ridiculous because yeah the, the guy pulls up in like his cadillac or whatever it was mm. um at the at like the this rural gas station and he's just standing there it's frank darabond you say the actor yeah um and he's, he's just, the he's director just... of the shawshank redemption for some reason. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> john carpenter's buddy i'm guessing it's, uh, um, yeah i would assume so and he's just standing there, like like pumping his gas or waiting for his gas to finish pump. And and whatever the fuck, Bolton walks up to him with like a kind of look on his face and and like clearly hiding a gun behind his back. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he uh, he he says says something like, "Just say, just say, just take the car." And he's like, "Or oh, I'll blow." The... And what does he say? He says, "I'll I'll blow the, your teeth through the back of your head or something like that." Probably, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but then, as he's as he gets in the car, he's driving. He's like, "Just take the car, boy," and he calls him "boy." He calls whatever the fuck Baldwin "boy," and it, it just it caught me funny for some reason. That just it made me laugh. Um, and then, like, he screams off and like, like he like gives it full beans, and then stops ten yards later and picks up James. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we <laughs> forgot actually. The reason they need to steal the car is because after the Valak incident, they crash. Oh, they the crash! Truck. They crash yeah. the truck. Yes, quite yes. quite uh, uh, dangerous looking crash actually. Mm. Um, it was. I yeah. forget if yeah, it's that, that one or another one, like a trailer. Yeah, yeah, and it sort of lands on the. It lands with its wheels up, but it looks like it was a. Well, it was obviously a practical crash, but I can't remember if it's that one or another one later or something where uh, John Carpenter was saying on the commentary that the cameraman lost piece of his arm, <laughs> like got because oh, it it crashed into like I guess the B camera or something. So, oh man, so, that's scary. Huh. Yeah. that one did look pretty rough um and i always it, it always kind of scares me when you when you see truck like crashes in the desert like that because just having been in that environment for a bit like you think well it's just going to be brush and sand right and so now there's like there's rocks everywhere mm-hmm. so you could like like it, when you see people driving across like in movies driving across that sort of like open territory you're like yeah that's not happening because there's giant ruts and the occasional rock that you can't see that you're just going to crash into and be done um but yeah uh, this is where uh, we get um, one of the first rules um, because James Woods gets sent back to they're, – they're arguing about splitting up. And rule never seven bury is revealed. a team member alone? Never bury, never bury a team member by yourself, uh, the yeah, exact words. Yeah. Yeah. 
Close enough, though. Yeah, it's a, that's so rule that, seven, that, is it? That's rule seven. Yes, absolutely, and that's the first rule that, that I that I noticed that we get. But clearly, there was one before that, which was the uh, find the nest, find the master, which I find, think is find rule the nest, five. Find the master. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So we have rule seven and five. And as soon as I heard rule seven, I'm like, we ain't getting all of those rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is really just like, it just seems to be something that they kind of, like, maybe it was all in the script, but there's clearly so much just ad-libbing here that it's just like, right. you know, it's just going to get pasted over with homophobic jokes and other rubbish wherever they were. In the it, exactly. So, exactly. But, but so going back to the hotel, um, we, we, we go to a scene of uh, like a very, very slow, like trucking shot or, or pan, or I'm not sure, sh- not sure, but a camera move over a face down naked um, Katrina. Uh, and we just see, you know, the outline of her butt in the moonlight and, and then creepy, uh, whatever the fuck Baldwin comes up and like almost lies on top of her and just starts whispering in her ear and this is whole like it just felt very abusive and gross. I didn't like it at one little yeah. bit. Um, and this is supposed to be the beginning of their like romance, like romance exactly. Yeah. By the end gross. of the film, when when they when they got to that, I'm like that. that you didn't you didn't build to that at all. How the hell is that supposed to work? Because it's yeah, it's, it's fucking abusive as hell. And then, but she's becoming a vampire anyway. And then she seems to take joy in biting him anyway. I right. don't know. It's, it's that that whole chunk is a bloody mess. It, it really is, yeah. A bloody um, mess. Oh, I get it. I get it. Like like, <laughs> like vampires. vampires. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Um. Anyway. <laughs> uh. So yes. So so they. <laughs> okay. My, my notes get more 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 just like like editorial rather than sequential now. So no, we, can, we can we can just keep going. Um. So the next. The, that 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 sequence leads to him basically saying to her that you are uh you, you, you know this has happened to you and don't scream and shit and i'm gonna try and help you and all this stuff um i feel like there's a scene in between now and when the fight happens though or is this where yeah the fight i think happens? i think it, i think that's when it goes to to um Jam. It goes back to Jack, and then it goes back to the mm. hotel room once, twice. So you've got okay. like, things we've probably already talked about happening elsewhere, right? But, back and forth. But but yeah. but this this whole like sequence of him and the, the, then those two in the hotel leads to uh, he that uh, they have a fight like where she tries to escape. Mm. So so she she goes to the bathroom or something, or and then he seems to just randomly fall asleep, <laughs> and like <laughs> his sleeping is. Yeah. The sweet sleep of Baldwin's. I just like overacts like constantly in this film. It's absolutely horrible. Um, and then, she, and then there's like an open window with like billowing curtains and it turns out she's out on the fire escape. Uh, and so he, he sees where she, he's, he, he like looks, he's like, like panics, looks out the, at the window that she went out and then realizes, Oh, she's a bit further along the bu- building. So he like yeah. reaches through the window and tries to pull her back. And there's there's some very awkward shots where where I didn't get that she was on a fire escape. I thought she was just on like a ledge, like a Ghostbusters yeah, style yeah. ledge outside. And so she's way forward, and I'm like, she should just be falling now. Because by this point, she's she knows what she's turning into, and she's yeah, basically she's got a death to have wish. the visions. Yeah. Well, she's basically got a death wish as well. She's like, I don't want to live like this. And so yeah. that's kind of what I'm. Led to, that's the way I interpreted it. Is this is her like just trying to like end it all so she doesn't turn into a vampire? But he pulls her back in. He uh, suplexes through the- her through a window. 
<laughs> he suplexes her. He belly to back suplexes her through a window. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, yeah. Uh, because like the window's half open, but but he can't quite like pull her in, so they just go through the frame and glass of the window that's open, mm. um, and then she bites him on the the elbow pit. What do you call that? I yeah, think we're going to call it the elbow pit. Yeah, yeah he bites her. That's what I she bites him on the on the elbow pit, um, and then like he slaps her around a bit. I think he full on punches her in the face, which is what yeah, yeah. James Woods asks, asks that question a little bit later on, doesn't he? He kept using the um, term slugger. Why'd you slugger? Why'd you slugger, yeah. <laughs> Why'd you slugger? <laughs> um, uh, but, but, but at this point, um, whatever the, the fuck, Baldwin has been bitten by a not yet fully transformed vampire, but nonetheless a vampire. And we have already found out in one of the James Woods with the Catholics um, uh, scenes that vampirism is a virus that is transmitted mm. by biting. So... Uh, in a lot of vampire lore, it's 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 venom, you know, or something like that. Which you know, this could be you know a virus carried by venom. I don't know, but anyway, it's it's not it's not super. It, you know, uh, in the companion book, it doesn't say. Um, <laughs> it is actually based on a novel, but we'll get there. Oh, this isn't it. Yeah, called like Vampires of the Dollar Sign. Depending on how, yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I tried. To, I well, I I think I tried to read it. Oh, I can't really? find any evidence they own a copy. But I'm pretty sure I tried to read it, and it is not this story, pretty much. Oh, so okay. This is the very simplified. Okay, this is the film we can afford to make version. Oh, okay. So it has the Catholic yeah. Church and some of the other elements, but that's about it. I see. I see. Um, so, so at this point, we're kind of thinking, well, he's, he's he might have the virus, but he seems to think that there's a scene. He it seems to be to 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 whatever the fuck Baldwin's character, which his name is Montoya. Montoya. Um, that burning the wound will will get rid of it because he there's he a loves, scene where he loves cauterizing a wound, doesn't he? he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, my interpretation of it wasn't that necessarily that he was just cauterizing it to stop the bleeding, but that might stop the venom or something, or that uh, might stop okay, the virus. Okay. That's how I interpreted it, um, which clearly doesn't work. But yeah, we get the scene of him burning his elbow pit, his bloody elbow pit, with a light, with like a zipper. Like, ah, yeah. ah, because ah, I'm cool. I'm cool and tough. Get it? I'm, yeah. I'm a hard, tough guy. Yeah. Dude with a zippo. Um, but then we cut back to uh, James Woods with the priests, and uh, uh, he's 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 told to go back, but he doesn't want to do it, and he wants to continue. And he's yeah. like, "Rebuild your team," is what he's is the order he's given, and he, he doesn't want to do it. He just wants to keep keep pursuing because this is where they he shows in the picture of. Um, uh, you know uh, the the Vigo the Carpathian, and um, he's uh, yeah, and and which we under, which we we find out that he's from it was like the thirteenth thirteen hundreds or thirteenth century, I forget yeah. which. But anyway, he's like you know hundreds and hundreds of years old, um, and he was a turned priest. He went turned against the church, and that's 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 where this, the background of this character all like hastily rushed through by by you know. Um, uh, by Cardinal, gonna be bad. Um, and <laughs> it's uh, it, it's. It, it, but then he sends Fisher Stevens with him, and he says mm. he's, he's like he, he sends him along, and and uh, this is where their their rocky relationship begins because, and, and that's you know where we get the, the shots of them in the truck together because they're going back to meet up with whatever, whatever the fuck Baldwin and and Katrina um, to figure out what's going on with them and, and regroup essentially. Um, uh, but uh, there's this uh, there's a moment where they're in the truck together, and um, 
the, the that's oh, what I'm thinking of is that's where they start doing the the, the back and forth because he's ne- like the, the uh, Fisher Stevens has never seen a vampire, um, yeah. and uh, it seems like they're keeping one thing about this world that's kind of interesting is it's, it's this is why I had the question as to whether it was a post apocalypse and then I realized it wasn't. It's like it's contemporaneous, but the Catholic Church is keeping a lid on the whole vampire thing existing. Yep. <laughs> Just okay, like all I'll that do... other stuff they don't tell us about. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, there was the, the time machine and the, and the yeah, 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 yeah. whole like earth. It. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah um, you know, all, the, all those things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the the Marklars or whatever. <laughs> um, Marklars? Isn't there, I don't think it is the Marklars, but this, this, the, the, in that cat, the, the, the Red Hot Catholic love episode of, of South Park, isn't there? The, they're like the alien Catholics who, uh, who are in the the Vatican Council. Anyway, um, oh god, maybe the spinning heads. Mo- very, Moses, very long time ago. No, yeah, no, that's 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 a completely different episode. That's the, um, yeah, that's the Jewish camp one. No, this is later than that. This is this is where yeah. they. This is the one where where like they're, they're all everyone but Father Maxi is completely okay with with abusing children. In okay. the Catholic Church, um, yeah, I remember it. I don't remember yeah. specifics, but yeah, it it sounds like something they do. I, I honestly don't remember it, but I might I might investigate it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so it, they they also find out that they're that they're working out and like they're doing like a search pattern to try and find the cross. This is where the cross thing is revealed. Logarithmic um, pattern. Logarithmic pattern. That's a good yeah, yeah. Word. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when they when they said that when they said it was a spiral, I was like, oh no, we got to go into like sacred numbers and all that shit. Please no. But it was it wasn't quite as. So John Carpenter film. No, no, we're not. No. <laughs> the backstory doesn't matter. It's just a it's just a route in. You know. <laughs> oh, I have a uh, I have I have a note here that says, "Ooh, whatever the fuck Baldwin is gonna turn when he gets bitten." Mm. <laughs> um, but they 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 um. They regroup at this point and uh, end up going on the adventure to go and find they, – they, they use um, Katrina as a periscope or as like a remote viewing device yeah. to find out where Valak is. Mm. And this is where she gets images of like the sign of the name of the place where, where he was, um, which is like San Miguel or something like that. I can't quite remember. Santiago, um, I think. San- or is okay. that the other place? Either way, yeah. He's trying to find the cross, and she can see where he's going. So they right, exactly. So yeah, exactly. And and uh, this is where we start seeing the uh, Disneyland monks in in the in the that uh, it just the, the the set looked like a looked like a, a Disneyland thing to me. That's why I kind of christened them Disneyland monks in my mind. The blood fountain is that a Disneyland thing? Well, I do ha- I do have the blood fountain. Blood fountain is actually one of my <laughs> yeah. my notes because uh, Valak goes into the into this this uh, monastery this compound uh, with with like what look like monks from the uh, from the the 16th century in it and kills them all and gets the cross hmm. um and uh, uh team heroes shows up a little bit later on and finds the monastery completely decimated and in the middle of the courtyard of the monk, there is a fountain, and there is literally just red, like bright red water, which he presumably is blood water with blood in it, and a monk just sitting in there dead. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, I, I did think the, the blood fountain thing was like that's actually quite a nice visual touch, but it's also a little bit silly. Yeah, it makes little sense, but it's it's pretty fun. 
It, it really. But it's does. not even like it's not even like it's a big fountain. It is just a kind of almost like a hand water pump type thing, right? So, but it's pure blood coming out of it, isn't it? It's like so. Rare. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what it looks like. And they, they this the, the right before the scene is where we've got them coming out of the dirt, which which was such a cool a cool mm. image. I thought, but yeah, you're right. Maybe he showered in that. But maybe he showered in that fountain and then put the priest in it. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Is it, we already has he already got the eight with him at this point, or does that come next? Yeah, that's when they come out of the ground. That's the seven, when we right? see that they've got yeah, the, the, the seven. seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The, the, ma- got the, the other masters, all the masters, the masters. Are right? Yeah, yeah. Don't ask how they travel internationally because they apparently do. But uh... yeah, yeah. I think I think that noise uh, fully explains exactly how, how <laughs> the logic of this film works. Matter. You know, yeah. you know, I don't care about backstory anyway. So no. Um, so then they, uh, that's yeah, when they yeah, head yeah. to Santiago, I think, actually, which okay. is when they find really the abandoned prison place. No, you're pretty much yes. onto the races into the third act at this point. It's only a okay. 90-minute form. So, so, yeah, well, good point. So, so they arrive and like, um, like Katrina's like, he's there and he, and I feel like she pointed into the bar that they pull up outside of and he wasn't in there. Oh no! They, I think she points across the road to the the condemned. Uh, I don't know whether it's like an armory or it's a it's some sort of it's got cells. Well, they say jail. Like. They say they say jail because the jail, they, say what's, okay. they say they say what's the best built building in town, and it's the, it's always the jail. Ah, okay, so okay. keep people in. Um, but then there's there's a there's a very slow zoom because it is it's boarded up or it's actually essentially like barred up almost. Yeah, it does say um, condemned on the outside, and it, and it says condemned, and there's a very slow push in on the word condemned, and I was like, mm. is that foreshadowing or symbolism? Are they the condemned? Um, Ooh, yeah, that's more credit than I'd given it. Well done. <laughs> you know, John Carpenter better than I do. <laughs> I just I just think he I, I don't know actually yeah, maybe he would have thought of that as a thing he certainly didn't mention it in his own commentary <laughs> uh, it's, 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 you know it's almost 30 years ago so um but uh, uh so uh, he oh, it's not though is it because it's not 1991 <laughs> I was just gonna pull you up on that and I decided to let it go because you know we'll see when this episode goes up <laughs> um oh good point <laughs> uh so he um this is where I kind of thought at this point, I'm like, this entire film would make a like a kick-ass video game. Like the entire narrative of this film. Okay. Like, from the very start where you get the introductory level of like how the vampire mechanics work to the showdown at the motel to all of that stuff and you barely escape. Like it would make a really great narrative video game. Like not an open world thing or anything like that, but a, a linear story. I think it would be great. And and the mechanics of this next part really lend to that well. Mm. Because they... Uh, um, Whatever the fuck Baldwin and Katrina are outside in the Jeep, and they're going to do, they're going to pull the same trick of, of like, we're going to winch them out. But they're all downstairs, like in the underground cell area. And the, the creepy horror movie Elevator leads you down there with the cool doors, like the double doors and stuff, which mm. looks cool. And for no particular reason that I could figure out, they send Father Fisher Stevens down there instead of James Woods. What was the logic behind that? I must have missed it. He has to work the crossbow. Right. And now we're going to get to the point where I have a problem with the crossbow. Because and he can't run the Jeep because he never learned to drive. Is the he can't reason. run the Jeep because he never learned to drive. Because he's going to do it. He's like, yeah. Who's racing yeah. in the Vatican? They don't have cars in the Vatican. What are you talking about? Sure, why not? They've got the flying car in the Vatican, surely. Yeah, you can drive that. But, you know. Oh, you can drive the flying car. I only drive flying yeah, cars. Yeah. Wait, I didn't tell you that. 
Vampires don't exist, etc. It doesn't have steering wheels. You steer it with your with your giant head. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> your giant head full of homophobic ad libs. Right, right, exactly. Oh, we missed a rule. Um, oh shit, we, did we? Yes, uh, th- this this is where um, we. Maybe we didn't. Maybe uh, anyway. There's one at the end of this scene. Is it? And uh, is that if your partner is bitten by a vampire, never let him live? No, that's at the end of the film. That's at the end of the film. Oh, okay. Then you can't kill he a master at night. That's is the it, end of this scene. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the scene, and that's rule ten. So we now have rules five, seven, and ten. Ahoy! Yes. Um, but, uh, so, so getting back to this, so the, the whole point of this scene is that, that Fisher Stevens is going to go down and lure the, the vampires into the elevator. Then he gets on top of the elevator while it slowly raises and he like attempts to not get killed so that James Woods can open the doors, shoot him with a dart. And then whatever the fuck Baldwin can drag him outside and into the light. And I have a note that says elevator plan is terrible. It's a dreadful plan. It's absolutely, <laughs> it makes no sense because it took like it took me a minute into the first one to figure out what they were doing. Because I was like, because there's a moment where James Woods is watching uh, Fisher Stevens on the monitors, and he's like, and, and Fisher Stevens gets out of the elevator and is, so why are you is getting like, out of the elevator, you prick? Like, why are you getting? And he's like yelling at him, and like everything is just is yelled in this film. It's like mm. there's no subtlety whatsoever. Um, uh, so, so the first one, you know, goes off with eh, you know reasonable success. They drag him out, but then. So my question is, how the hell is that winch line getting reattached to every single dart that James Woods fires? Because it seems like they drag him outside, and then they're on to the next one, and like. He didn't go out and get the line. Uh, whatever the fuck, Bolin didn't come in and give it to him. But it seems like it's attached to his like child's crossbow every single time he fires a little his rocket. Giant out. silver Nerf crossbow. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a good question, and it's one you shouldn't ask. <laughs> okay, all right. Case in tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very good. You know what? The fact that I have never thought of that question. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched this film multiple times. Just speaks volumes. I have never thought about that actually. Because, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you would have to unwinch it. You would. You'd have and to well, reattach it, and then it, it's attached to that dart. And I mean, like if you really overthink the mechanics, it might not work anyway because that dart would have to pierce pretty deep for like when the winch goes, not just yank the dart out of them, but actually yeah. drag their entire body weight. Um, yeah. Also, later on, when it has to pull several telephone poles that's it yes. oh yeah in the form of a cross yeah that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> doink, doink, doink. Yeah, um, yeah. which would definitely kill James anyway. absolutely that's exactly <laughs> what i thought when i saw when i, when I saw that moment happen um uh, so uh so so it, it, that, that that goes okay initially and then the sun starts to set um and uh we so they managed to kill two vampires in that way uh, the, uh one of which is uh, it kind of goes wrong, and the, the, doesn't the line snap or something? Yeah, um, and 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 so uh, she's holding it. She's literally holding part. Oh, of the she's holding. She's holding part of the building. Yeah, that's and it. She's basically stronger than the line, and that gets you yeah. the sweet line of uh, uh, 
you didn't tell me they could do that. And James Woods just goes, I didn't know they could do that. And I think it's just yeah. such a, a needless exchange, but it somehow sums up the whole film. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but then, then uh, isn't he like on top of her? She's being dragged out after they reattach yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. And, and he's like stabbing, stabbing her in the heart with it, with a, a stake and then barely gets off in time before the sun hits her. Um, but then the sun sets and um, I was, I was waiting for, uh, uh, Katrina to start like smoking because they smoke before they flare uh, in the, in the sun. Like she's in the jeep and she's like, <laughs> like twitchy and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was waiting for her to start like smoking and and that was and that was either going to be the end of her or they're going to get her inside or something like that. Um, but that never happens. Uh, uh, I think but what's more um, the death of other vampires in close proximity kind of affects her somehow. Oh, if you're looking for a reason for that, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think she's far enough along yet to 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 blow up in smoke. But it is you're no, right. At some not. point, that would become a giant uh, problem. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of thinking they might do that in like a driving scene, uh, as like, oh, we've got to get her in the back of the armored truck. She can't stay in the jeep with me anymore. Um, but there has been this burgeoning romance between them, or like this one way affection from whatever the fuck Baldwin to her, because he like softly kisses her lips or something like that. Doesn't he starts calling her baby for no reason. At one oh, point. I hate it. It's, it's <laughs> just, it's, they, they didn't earn it at all. Mm. Um, but th- then we're getting into like the final showdown of the, of the, of the movie. And, mm. um, yes, yeah, cause night falls. So they can't carry on doing it. Right. Which is where you get rule yeah. 10. Rule 10. You uh, can't call a master at night. And Valak comes out, and uh, and the other masters come out, and they're like, "Whoa, we're going to do this, Jack, the or whatever." Whole of Cradle of Filth comes out, yeah. Whole of Cradle of Filth comes. Jesus Christ, we get so many bloody Cradle of Filth references on this show. Um, your uh, Fisher Stevens runs into the bar, doesn't he? And hides in there, mm. and then you forget about him for a little while. And Did he get like, thrown into the bar by Valak? Does he get thrown? Maybe does I think get he gets like cast aside by, either by Valak or one of the masters? But he's outside. Uh, That's exactly exactly right. Yeah, and then they they sort of they sort of grab Jack. Um, yes, and tie him up. And tie him up, and that's when you get into the big reveal of the, the third big, act, which is which is uh, that uh, Cardinal's going to be bad. Uh, turns out to be bad, and is on the side of the 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 vampires and gives a a delightfully contrived and wonderful rule. Uh, set of logical reasons for for why he's turned against the church, and uh, and all that stuff because he's getting to the end of his life and he doesn't want to die. Immortality, Jack. Hey, I loved how much that guy chewed the scenery in this. It was oh, great. he lo- he's he's doing so well. He's he's actually a really good actor. To be honest, did you really? Show. Yeah. Uh, did you did you happen to write down the response from ja- uh, from uh, Jack Crow James Woods? If it's the one I'm thinking, is it fucking pole-smoking fashion victim? <laughs> no, that's what he calls Valak a little bit later when he's trying to goad him into untying him. He calls, he says, you are truly a pile of dog shit, Cardinal. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, jeez. You, you are truly a pile of dog shit, Cardinal. Uh, and then, yeah, and then he tries to goad Valak into it. Hey, do you want to go one-on-one? You like to see me tied up, do you? And that's when he yeah. goes, you fucking pole-smoking fashion victim. And yeah. then he just says, untie me, you prick. <laughs> Which is where the, the you prick thing comes from. Because it's just the, just the end of sentence, you prick, just yeah, seems prick. to be the most yeah, James yeah. Woods thing ever. It so, does, it does. Oh, um, and then we then we have a, 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 the, 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 big, the big showdown. What, what happens next? Is this where Fisher Stevens... Oh, so they're, they're going to complete the, 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 the ritual. 
and mm. they need some of of Jack's blood. This is why Valak knows Jack's name, right? Is that they need yeah. some of his blood. They need a crusader or whatever they call him, yeah. Crusa- yeah, that's what he keeps calling him, his crusader, isn't it? Um, and uh, so I don't know if this is if this was just something that I noticed that, that was wrong or whether it was explained later. But in that scene where where James Woods is tied up and Valak's like getting close to him and they're talking, um, you get some some shots of Valak's face and it's like it looks like he doesn't have fangs anymore. Are they oh. retractable? Uh, uh, it's probably easier to do dialogue sequences without them. Okay, it, it, that <laughs> um, one just didn't open his mouth wide enough that, that we saw them. But I, 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 it did seem to me like like his fangs were gone for that for that moment. Interesting. No, again, I didn't notice. But this is the kind of film that doesn't deserve too much in depth analysis. I mean, even though we've gone for an hour, you know. <laughs> um, yes. But yeah, I, um, I, I, yeah, it probably. I would think it's probably because it's probably easier to speak without the the fake fangs and pro- you're without, probably right. yeah, you're that probably kind right. of like Red Dwarf Cat style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of, I'm an evil vampire, and I talk like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Does he? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he would if he had the fangs in. Um, okay, sure. Of course. Sorry. Uh, but but so so um, they have uh, so part of the ritual is they have to crucify uh, 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 James Woods on a burning cross, um, mm. and the fire was a bit of an afterthought. <laughs> it's like they couldn't figure out how to do it without actually killing James Woods on a burning cross. Yeah, yeah. so they keep it pretty it's low. A little, yeah. little bonfire at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, then Fisher Stevens shows up with a shotgun he finds under the bar. And yeah. full on shoots Cardinal's gonna be bad in the chest. Just kills him straight up. Kills his Just boss. Straight, yeah. straight up kills him. Um, we all dreamed of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Which gets him an attaboy from James Woods, who's tied to the it cross. Gets, it gets him an attaboy. Yeah, he's tied to the telephone pole cross. Um, and uh, and then threatens then... to turn the gun on himself because Valak has to have a man of the cloth, I suppose, to do the final ritual. Yes, yeah, and he's like, "You will complete the ritual." Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, Who's right. going to do it for you now? And then James Wood yells, "At a boy!" Uh, no, is it? What is it? That's right, Padre. Fuck with him. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, whatever the fuck Baldwin has as uh, as driven out of town when he saw Cradle of Filth emerging from the the, the jail, right? Isn't they were like, pretty much trying to get out of there? Yeah, and then they right, got yeah, they were trying to get out, and then they got caught. Right, so so they're on the in the edge of town, and um. It's clear, like the transition is completing, and uh, uh, Katrina full on neck bites, mm. whatever the fuck, like, and uh, with chunks of flesh as well. It's like it's quite with chunks of fl- it, it really is, yeah. And he he he's like doing the, the whole orgasm face as well, which I, I never want to see again. Um, uh. and, and and then she gets out of the the jeep. And it's like got blood dripping from her mouth, and, and I almost I caught a moment where I was like, I think she's like the actress herself isn't enjoying this too much because there's a moment where like she's almost like looks like she's going to cough but then stifles it yeah. um but then lets more of the blood drip down her face uh, and, and chest and boobs and um and then starts walking toward the town and we kind yeah, of she well, heads she's, back to join them yeah yeah she's heading off to join them um because she's now you know approaching the fullness of her transition um but then we 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 linger on whatever the fuck Baldwin in the car and he fires his gun in the air and i was like is that like a signal? Is he trying to tell James Woods? But we didn't. We never cut back to to, to them to to see that. 
But then he's back to his cauterizing business because he uses yeah. the hot barrel to cauterize the neck wound. Which I actually kind of dig, but only because in so many other films, people not don't seem to sell that guns are hot after they've been fired. That's true. It's always That's been true. one of my pet peeves that people pick up guns from the like the end immediately after they've been fired. Yeah. So I like the fact that that was a story point here that the hot gun would be the tss, you know on the neck kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's the, ru- as much credit as I'll give it. <laughs> ruined by Mister Whatever the Fuck's terrible acting and just like it's just, uh, not not good. But so so we're, we're kind of led to believe that 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 I'm not sure at that point as to whether like initially after he gets bitten, it's almost like he's submitting and giving in, and he's like, okay, I'm just going to become a vampire. That's fine, I, and and I'll do it for love because I love I love Katrina somehow. Um, but then. <laughs> When he when he when he does the cauterizing business with with the gun, it's like oh he's going to go back and help, um, and so uh, Fisher Stevens is on the roof, James Woods is tied up, and um, or James Woods is on the cross, and then uh, <laughs> in through town comes whatever the fuck Bolden in his jeep, and what does he do, Mark? He fires the crossbow at the side of the cross, yanking the cross down onto the onto the road and then drags the cross away um, somehow without killing James Woods, even though oh, he got like a Woods. severe head injury. <laughs> yeah. Or, or if it had fell, what if it fallen with him face down? Like face he would have down, just dragged yeah, the cross been, the tarmac. Yeah. It would have been so, like sandpapered to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. This is after Valak holds uh, the fire to the priest. Oh, uh, he does. Sorry, yes. holds the fire to James, James Woods. Woods. Yeah. Uh, to, to get the priest to just immediately give up. Um, right. Which James Wood says, uh, "My nuts are on fire here, Padre." <laughs> <laughs> so so tone deaf. I love it. <laughs> he just immediately changes tack. It's like, "That's right, Padre. Fuck with him." And then as soon as the fire's held to him, he's like, "Come on, Padre. My nuts are yeah, on fire." Like, give up. Give up. What are you doing? Why aren't you giving yeah. in? Yeah, it's true. It's, it's just like absolutely gross. But yeah, so they save they save Jack Crow, and then. Um, but my question is, when he when he fired oh. that, like obviously accuracy is an issue with firing that. You're driving along, you've got to fire this thing and get it get it into the wood and pull them down. Mm. But how how in that scenario, like thinking about real world physics, how did he miss James Woods' massive head? <laughs> uh, John Carpenter mentions on the commentary they had a, a debate whether or not they could he could perfectly fire it, and there was a bet on that because I guess somehow it's almost practical, like. Uh, Baldwin is driving the thing and firing the thing because it's a wide. Oh. So huh. a bit whether they could actually whether he could make the shot apparently. Um, and the the James Woods that's on there is a is like a, a dummy. dummy. So okay, I was, I was yeah. like yeah, without well, the, yeah. either James Woods is a dummy. You know, too. Oh, I, I <laughs> you prick. <laughs> uh, and and so and so then then we go into the the big fight with James Woods and and Valak. At the end of the movie, um, I realized. Well, called- actually, there's an inter- weird interruption here where the sun is suddenly. Well, the sun was coming up anyway because the ceremony has to be at dawn, Had- doesn't it? Right, the ceremony then- has to be at dawn, yeah. That sort of saves them because then the vampires have to rush inwards and the mm-hmm. uh, and everything. But um, so that sort that of splits moment- them up a little bit. When the sun, sun came up at that moment, I was like, oh no, we're going to go for like a second night of this. Are they, is there going to be a scene of them just waiting in the day and like just, just like, you know, crickets in the background and tumbleweeds rolling past and then we're going to go guitar round music. Yeah, more guitar yeah. music. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but then you get into like, yeah, like you say, the final battle, which happens in some sort of like almost wooden garage type space. Yeah, that's what it seems like. And, and uh, uh, culminating with James Woods. 
um, bashing, like running into a supporting pole, like pylon type thing, and mm. caving in part of the roof, which then gets the sunlight onto Valak, and uh, he explodes into um, a fine red mist. Yeah, they also have the the black cross. I mean, we've kind of forgotten about the black cross now. Oh yeah, yeah, he gets him with the black cross. And do you remember the 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 killer line he delivers at this point? No, what's he saying? Die, die, fuck it, you fucker, die. <laughs> like, this is oh, not- that memorable action movie one liner: die, die, you fucker, die. Yeah, die, die, you fucker, die. And he kind of does that to one of the the female vampires early. He does, like, doesn't he? I yeah. just, I kind of like that the most of the dialogue in this is not completely overwrought but it's so stupid as well so it is yeah (laughs) um so so valak is is now dead and we have our little wrap-up scene at the end of the movie Mm. which is where rule one gets revealed which we already said but maybe maybe we can cut that out um uh, and rule one is if your partner is bitten by a vampire never let him live and he gives him two days is that what he says two days because he was like when were you I think the idea is that he's he's owed two days holiday or something because he was bitten by a vampire two days ago. Mm. So he gives him two days and then they, you know, they agree they've got the the nest to clear out anyway still. Yeah. So, yeah. Because they've got five, I suppose at least five um, vampires still left in there. Right. And so him and Cheryl Lee go off together to have their sweet um, romance together. They're going to make it to the border. It's still in the open truck thinking about it, right? No, they're in the they're in the armor truck. Do they leave in the armor truck? So they've got all the weapons truck. as well. Yeah. Wow, that's that doesn't leave them with a lot to kill those vampires with. <laughs> doesn't does it? I hadn't thought about that before. But then they they go back into the thing, and there's an awkward exchange. Actually, we've forgotten about this whole undercurrent of weird. Did you get wood type? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they then yeah. go back to at the end. Like when I beat you up there, did you get wood, father? I think it's contractual. He's got to have part of his name in the film. I mean, or is it just? No, just yeah, uh, yeah. He does ask him that a couple of times, doesn't he? And then that's the awkward, like, little weird ending kind of exchange between them. Is like, uh, you know, yeah. And it seems like like he because he says at one point, "Welcome to the team," doesn't he? He's like, like Father Fisher Stevens is now part of the team. but uh, the the one thing we did miss as well is like because their their relationship, uh, James Woods and Fisher Stevens' relationship is really it's it's it, like every relationship in this film that's kind of abusive because mm-hmm. that that moment I, I alluded to earlier on where where they're in the bathroom together like he they, they go into the bathroom in the hotel and like like James says I think he's got his arm around him and he goes like I'm starting to like you father. And then he, he wants the information. This is where he like gets the information about you know Vigo the Carpathian's background, and he wants that he wants that information. And and the and and Fisher Stevens won't give it to him. So he's, he's he like literally threatens to kill him, and then shoves a knife in his face, knife in his face right after he said, "I'm starting to like you, you, you padre, you prick, you prick." Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, so I mean, I enjoyed it. It was a ride, but it was it was yeah. I mean, it's not a great film, but it was it was it was fun. Yeah, I I like it. So the fun fact that you already know about this mm-hmm. is that this was the last movie I ever recommended to anyone. Well, not necessarily the mm. last, but it's certainly the one after which I don't make a habit. You stop you stop doing recommendations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because and I'll grab the VHS too. I had it on VHS. A year. I had it in, in 1998 on my uh, my weird. Um, I don't know why it says uncut on there, but it does. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I had there it. There's so many weird, versions of this film. 
I had it on weird pirate VHS, which if I can rip a clip from, I will put in here on the video version. Great. Um, uh, and it is so washed out, and it has property of JVC throughout, or property of Largo Entertainment throughout. Weird, um, weirdly, when you watch stuff on Stars, it pops up and, and does a Stars logo every so often, like you're watching it on a on a plane. Oh, really? Yeah. It doesn't do that on the one here. Weird. Yeah, yeah. But just anyway, like every so, so often, it. it just fades in and out. And did it and goes to Mars as well. So you had it before it came out officially in the UK on a pirate VHS. Yeah, like a effectively a copy of a screener somewhere along the line. Someone would have okay. got it. And so I it had is, it. It is J a JVC Films production, isn't it? I noticed that at the end. Largo Entertainment in association with JVC, which I think is was them trying to okay. get into the into the market because uh, Sony had got a movie studio at this point. You know, they'd, uh, they'd I see, yeah. Like, why not us? Yeah, okay. Why not us too? I think. Mm. Um, I still don't really understand that, but I think they might have been the reason the budget got cut severely as well. Um, so I had it, and I'd seen it a bunch of times, and I liked it. And you know, I'd I'd, I'd watched it a bunch of times, and it's stupid, but I enjoyed it. And then it came out theatrically the first year I was at uni. And I didn't go and see it in the cinema. I already had it on VHS, but a couple of guys were like, what's out the cinema? You're the film guy. Like, what's good? I was like, John, I really like John Carlos Vampires. You should see that. And they came home and they were like, the fuck did you send us to see? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. The reason yeah. I like things... It's not the even... same as the reason other people like things. Yeah, yeah okay. and, and the fact that it's like some sort of weird post-ironic James Woods trying to be the coolest guy ever in his weird leather jacket <laughs> and all his homophobic yeah. lines and stuff. Yeah, when, like, he, when, he, when he got to that one, uh, the, the fucking pole-smoking fashion victim line, did you <laughs> say you, you, you had a couple of other lines written down? Oh, no, I've said most of them, which was like, okay. uh, uh, that's right, Padre, fuck with it. <laughs> and come on, yeah. Padre, my nuts are on fire and stuff like that. That's and so uh, my favorite is untie me, you prick. <laughs> untie me, you prick. <laughs> it's just like untie me, you prick. But, and I, I quite enjoy you are truly a pile of dog shit, Cardinal. Doesn't he call <laughs> them... Doesn't he call like the, the group in that same scene? I think he calls the group like Euro Trash or something like that. Probably, yeah. yeah. He, he definitely describes vampires as not being romantic Euro Trash. Right. Uh, when, he's, when he's talking about the differences between... It's not like you see in the movies, you know. Right, um, right, yeah. I love your James yeah, Woods impression, by the way. <laughs> I'm trying to get it quite it's good. Amazing. It's really good. Um, the key is your prick. As long as you can get that K right. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. somewhere like a slightly higher and the higher pitch but something you know carol kane <laughs> if you can if you can get carol kane then you can kind of get james woods they're just slightly i think they're just west coast east coast versions of the same voice <laughs> anyway okay. um but yeah because of that like the vampires and specifically this copy of vampires is the reason i don't recommend films is that, that's the actual pirate copy this is actually my original pirate copy yeah that, oh, that i finally found and because i've also got my original copy of The Exorcist Fabulous. before it was available here. Um, and my, uh, hang on, where are they here? My well, original the, copy the, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films. I, I, so. I, I, is, it was, is the red pen thing an, an intentional thing? I really like the, 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 the aesthetic of it. Everything, yeah, that's not my writing, actually. That would have been whoever did them for me at the time. Okay. So, but yeah, it would have been, I suppose. It would have been a thing that I probably got those in a, in a thing, and that was the pen whoever had at the time. Fantastic. So, and I won't name names because it's probably still illegal to pirate. Yeah, probably right. Yeah, it's 20, probably a good 25 idea. 25-year-old movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, so that was it. And then, yeah, we got it. Like I say, I had it a year before it came out somehow. And it, looking back, mm. I have no idea how people even got those things back then. But uh, yeah. And I'd seen it a bunch of times and it always made me laugh. And, you know, that's fine. I can't hate it. It's John Carpenter. I like John Carpenter. And um, 
because of that, yeah, I, I, I said some people should go and see it. And then after that, it was like, I, I don't send people to see films anymore. I just tell you what I think of them. Yep. And, uh, you know, with an asterisk, uh, uh, results may vary type thing. Yep, and if I do ever, yeah, if I do ever say, if I do ever do anything close to a recommendation, it's usually something so even. Broad. Like the last yeah. two I can remember doing were like The Big Sick and Juno. Because I okay. don't see any audience that those two films wouldn't work for. And they're just mm-hmm. nice films that kind of people around me, like I saw Juno before at uh, Toronto Film Festival. When we went yeah, Tiff. Yeah, when we went. Yeah, and seven, yeah. Uh, The Big Sick, I saw at Sundance. So those films weren't big films yet and they, they were coming. And I just thought, like, when this comes out, I'll, you know, I'll mention it to people because it, it never hurts to have that type thing. But a lot of the time, no, I don't. I don't at all. And almost yeah. never do on here, you know. So, oh, yeah. um, but I, I like it. I don't think John Cameron's made a bad film. <laughs> I mean, there's some ones I left like more than others. Um, there's some ones I like more than this one. But um, well, we'll see how the next discussion goes then. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but there are, you know, I, I, I like it. Uh, if it's not top tier, like I say, if uh, I owned that copy of it until last year when I bought the okay. book. Or yeah. earlier this year, maybe even when I bought the Blu-ray, because it just wasn't really available either. It was probably on DVD somewhere. But anytime anyone spoke about vampires in the early two thousands, it was always about the, the sequel, Los Muertos. So there are technically three vampire films. Oh, there's vampires, vampires, Los Muertos, and vampires: The Turning, which I actually think is just a, 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 a some other film that they retitled. But Los okay. Muertos was John Carpenter presents. Weirdly, they did this with. He didn't direct it. It was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who's one of his earliest collaborators. Oh, okay. Um, like the kid Tommy in Halloween is named after Tommy Lee Wallace, and he worked on The Fog, and he worked on all those early ones. By this point, I don't think they were working together, but they must have still been friends So, because mm-hmm. um, he directs it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's got John Bon Jovi in it as the lead. I don't think it has any real connections to this one. Certainly none of the character names are the same, but I've never seen it. So anytime vampires would come up, it was always that one with folks like Simon saw that a bunch of times and would always say how crap it was. Mm. But I was always kind of like, yeah, we should see the John Carpenter one. But yeah, I guess you yeah. couldn't really get it. It's just hard to get. Okay. Interesting. I don't remember it being on DVD. I certainly never owned it on DVD. No. Um, what else have I got to say about it? Uh, it's got a 6.1 on IMDb. That's not bad. That's Yeah, and it had, hang on a minute, I have it. I looked up its box office as well. I think it cost, the best I can find, it cost about 20 million to make. Yeah, on which is quite cheap. Yeah, and I think John Carmen said just shy of twenty million is what they had, but the budget had got cut. Okay, because I think at some point this was supposed to be a much bigger film, and then at some point it just bubbled down and bubbled down and bubbled down, uh, and it made about twenty million, so it, it kind of washed its face, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. On 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 IMDb it says budget twenty million, box office domestic twenty point three million. Oh, I d- I've not seen a domestic. Oh no, wait, maybe that is domestic, and then the worldwide I couldn't find. Because once you get back that far, like the numbers are kind of sketchy. You can't find them all. Yeah, I mean they're sketchy even now. So, so yeah, I'd yeah. To think what? Yeah, twenty five years to that. Um, what else is worth knowing about it? What else have I got? This is the penultimate film of the twenty year career of John Carpenter. And in many ways, I think coming off the back of Escape from L.A., which had been like savaged. I think mm-hmm. it was supposed to be his last. Oh, really? Because okay. he, I think he was kind of done, and he just thought, right, let's go and make a small one and see if it's you know fun again. And this was a, effectively a job for hire, although he did rewrite the script. Okay. 
So, um, but he also, and this is this is confirmed by the um, uh, by the commentary. He did he had a deal with the actors with James Woods effectively, where he they would do one take that was the version of the script, and then mm. a couple of takes where they would just let him improvise. So that's where all those jokes come from. Those are all hundred oh, okay. percent Woods. So, oh, great! Well, that's not not a big surprise, really. Not a big surprise. He also did the score with a with a couple of like musicians and stuff, which is why you get the the kind of bluesy guitar stuff. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, bluesy guitar stuff with a, with a couple of synth licks underneath. There's like some yeah. some like whoa type synthy stuff. I'm like, oh, I can hear John playing the keyboard. Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, said they wouldn't buy him the new Korg thing, and he had to buy himself on the on the uh, on the uh, the thing. That's well, cheap film, isn't it? The producers wouldn't get it for him. Yeah, but, but like um, seven hundred bucks. Come on. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, there's some other stuff which I'll get into once we've done both of them. Uh, but yeah, effectively, he does this. He does Ghost of Mars, and then it's almost a ten year break, and then he does The Ward, and then he's never directed anything again. Okay, so. Which is which is strange. So, is. but yeah, um, have I got anything else to add here, or shall we segue into the other one? Um, it's the last one, I think, without checking the ward, where he uses his font or a version of his font, even though it's a bit squishy and stuff. Like, because there was always this kind of weirdly branding uh, exercise with John Carpenter films. Like, you had, uh, I think, it was Albertus in the eighties. And then mm-hmm. this other one through some of the 90s stuff, you know, uh, through Village uh, of the Damned and whatnot. And then this one has a font, which is alike. But but once you get to, like, Ghost of Mars, it's just impact. <laughs> it is, it is a straight-up impact, isn't it? Yeah. Which is kind of weird, but I just thought, I always thought it was strange that, like, this is the last time you get a kind of branded John Carpenter thing. But also I think yeah. it's just probably a byproduct of the speed they're working at and the money they've got. Yeah, possibly. So, yeah. And maybe, maybe kind of, like you said, if, if that fatigue is popping in, maybe he's not so down the line on that sort of thing. Yeah, I would think he's probably just out for having some fun at this point and then and then seeing if it's whether he's going to bother again. And obviously he did, and that becomes Ghost of Mars, which yeah. I suppose is our best jumping off point, unless you've got anything I, else to add. I think it probably is. No, I, I have thoroughly exhausted everything I have to say about vampires. Um, so... Let us now talk about John Carpenter's next film, Ghosts of Mars. Ha! <sighs> so, how do you want to do this? What was the story of Ghosts of Mars? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, okay. So, Ghosts of Mars is a story set on Mars about kind of vampires. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but kind of not really. So. There's lots of trains, um, and clearly something has gone wrong at. Uh, there's like the, the, the what appear to be like police, um, which is kind of our team of of, of people that, that we that we follow throughout the film, um, and they get dispatched to. Well, it, uh, I guess it, 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 we're, we're, I'm just going to give an overview rather than going beat for beat initially. Um, yeah. But but it's it's a retrospective story being told by one of our lead actors about uh, a, a, this this operation that's gone wrong where they were dispatched to this remote colony that were like part of Mars, like a mining community, Shining and, Canyon. And thank you. And weird shit was going on. Um, and uh, and there were all these like undead type Danny Phil folks around. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. What a weird recurring. 
I know. Really strange, yeah. And and one leader who's extra strong who has the corpse makeup and long hair. Um, <laughs> odd. Um, it's almost as if Marilyn Manson was popular at the time. Yeah, weird. Uh, but there's also a uh, like a criminal who's out there, uh, that, and that's that's their job, isn't it? They're, they're, they're going to pick to up the criminal, yeah. Retrieve the criminal played by Ice Cube. Um, and everything goes wrong, and they have to escape. That's 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 basically the the the, the summation of, of what happens in the movie. But we'll get into the the details of um, of everything that goes on uh, as as the film proceeds. My I watched this movie again on Stars about a week ago. Okay, I think it was almost exactly a week ago. I think I watched it last Sunday. Um, and my first note is love the Tilda Swinton opening monologue. <laughs> Okay, which I think is from the judge, because th- that's that's a key thing that we need to talk about. Mars in the future, however far in the future it is, is it's a about two hundred years according society. to all about two hundred years. Okay, twenty one seventy six seems to be what a lot of people call the year they're in. Although I don't okay. think it's ever set. Okay, but it's a matriarchal society, so it's a, it's a female dominated society, and that kind of at the start of the film they hammer that home very heavily, and then it just seems to disappear as the film goes on. Yeah, there's odd occasional references to it, but yeah, it's completely meaningless. Weirdly, mm-hmm. it's it's a matriarch society, but it seems to have um, a largely like queer matriarchal thing happening yes, above it. it does to some yeah. degree, but also because uh, like the language of like breeders and stuff is used, right. but also seems to be run by a cartel above the government. True, it does. Were, yeah, like, yeah. Are you going to tell the cartel that Mars was overrun by ghosts? Like, it's never really gotten into, but it's kind of. I kind of like the little seeds yeah. that are thrown to it. That's the way I'd like to handle backstory. Sure. No, no, I it's agree. Just rather like little than, things, and it doesn't matter, you know. Yeah, rather than like a title crawl that explains everything or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Just get it, you know, get into the meat of it and goes from there. But the the flashback structure is. Um, evocative of Big Trouble in Little China, but Big Trouble in Little China completely forgets it and never goes back to it. Oh, really? Okay, okay. I didn't Do you remember, remember where he's in the lawyer's office and he goes, ah, there is magic and stuff, and then it goes into oh, the... Oh, you're right. And we never... The rest of it plays out entirely a linear up until the end where it just carries on and ends linearly, even though it's being told from the future. It makes no sense. That doesn't make any sense. So, yeah, yeah. Um, one note I did have is that the Mars space train is awesome, although it, although the models do kind of look their size until we get later on when they've clearly got a full-size one that moves at one mile an hour. Yeah, which is being, <laughs> literally, according to the commentary, being dragged by a tractor. Oh, is it really? <laughs> okay, that's why it's so slow. Yeah. So. Um, but uh, uh, so, so we open and... Um, uh, what's her name? Nat- Natasha Henstridge gets dragged into like a courtroom, yeah, and and she's got like a cut on her neck, and she's she's told to recount what happened. She's like, it's almost like it, it does feel kind of a little bit uh, Starship Troopersy in in the type yeah, of society okay. that we're in. Kind of feels a bit like militarist, fascistic type of society, uh, and yeah, cartel, yeah. And and so she starts telling this story about this operation that went bad um, of them trying to. Uh, she gets like pulled off a train at the start, doesn't she? And she's the only one mm. on the train. Um, and uh, and and so we, uh, she starts telling this story in retrospect to, to to the court to determine whether she's guilty or not of of, of something uh, that we yeah. don't really know. The first of a very very multi layered flashback story where you have flashbacks within flashbacks. 
You do indeed. Um, so to the, the point question, of just like complete ad hoc storytelling. Please carry on. What's your first question? The, f- the first question I have for you is, was this shot on film? Yes. How? How does it look like Lex if it was shot on film? It looks like it was shot on tape. It looks like something That's... I would have stumbled across on Channel 5 late at night that was a series that lasted four episodes. That's the aesthetic I get from it. This is absolutely fascinating because um, if there's a way, if you've still got the stars trial and I can load up my VPN, I might look at a version they've got because bizarrely, this film looks absolutely beautiful. Are you serious? Okay. Yeah, no, it, it looks like it could have been shot yesterday. Uh, it, it, my, my first, so my seven days of, star, uh, of uh, stars um, expired, but I didn't cancel it, so I've got a month of it. So yeah, absolutely, you can look. Interesting. I might take a look and see what version there is on there. Um, because yeah, the uh, having I've seen it in the cinema, and okay. I've uh, I, I I had the DVD of it. I should have I should have put the DVD behind me for this one. I you should have, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hang on a minute. Is the DVD floating around? I might put it back there. No, fuck it. Um, I had it on DVD. Uh, I now own it on Blu-ray. I've seen it in the cinema, um, which might give away a little bit of of how I feel about it as time goes on. But um, I was amazed in the cinema, having only seen it on DVD, which does kind of look like crap. You know, it does kind of look a bit Channel 5-y. How actually clean and beautiful this looks when you you present it well. Um, And it does, like, the big thing from the cinema was that it looked like it could have been shot yesterday. Like, there's not even that much grain in it because I suppose they just, like, they shot everything at night, but they had such big lights to illuminate the whole thing and lights on all the sets, and they know what they're doing with the look of it. That, um, well, we had such polar opposite experiences. Oh, this is fascinating. I would love to see your version of it. Because one of one of the notes that, that I, I took is um, outdoor sets look terrible, but I kind of love it. They look absolutely I mean, fucking dire. It just looks like a big soundstage with black backgrounds and styrofoam rocks and like I mean, red yeah, it dust. It does look like that, but that's part of the charm, I suppose. Yeah, um, fair. They, yeah. they shot it in an actual gypsum mine on a, uh, a reservation, again in New Mexico, I think. So it's a real, it's a real canyon basin. They built the buildings, obviously, because they are built what? from are you plywood serious? And bullshit. Yeah, they shot for like. Uh, Seven weeks at all nights to to do it. I would have been if I mean if if you'd put the twenty eight million dollars that this cost on 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 the line, I would have lost it because I would have I would have sworn that this was just uh, like a shitty soundstage that, like I said, Lex got done filming with, and they they came in and and and, and borrowed it after it was done. It just it looked so unbelievably fake to me. How fascinating! I was convinced that this was just a a very cheaply built set the, the entire town i mean i mean the buildings and everything probably the is still were, but, cheaply, but... cheaply built set right, yeah it was right. a real real uh, real wow. rock real canyon you know wow wow, so wow. no no they I, did I, apparently I was... use some sort of dye they sprayed some right. of it so it was redder but um but yeah effectively it's a it's a real location with uh, with you know styrofoam buildings put into it amazing <laughs> amazing so the opening, the opening scene, well, the scene after the after the, the opening courtrooms, like framing device scene, is <clears throat> the team on the train heading out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the team consists of Natasha Henstridge as I've got, I, I brought the cast list up because it's been a week since I watched it as as Ballard, Lieutenant right? Melanie Ballard, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason Statham 
as Sergeant Jericho Butler, who they just referred to as Jericho. And they call him... looks... Sorry. Go ahead. Please. Well, they call him Sergeant Jericho. I, be, I meant to check the end credits for this. They call him Sergeant Jericho, like that's his surname. Mm, but he's listed as Jericho is. Butler, and I meant to see what he was listed as in the thing. But I'm wondering if that's a subtle part Dig. of the, the yeah, matriarchy thing, thing. Yeah. where certain people are referred to by their first name and, and certain people by their surname. Like he's Maybe. always Desolation Williams, so he has a surname. Yeah. But he's always Sergeant Jericho, which appears to be his first name, as is Bashira, uh, uh, Clay Duval's character, is, is always called Bashira. Yeah, there's a lot of weird formal like I can't. It's 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 odd actually because I quite like when they use when a film decides to to play with its character names because it adds a level of familiarity. But in this, actually, it just feels a bit muddled at times. So I thought the casting was interesting. You, you mentioned uh, Claire Duval in this. I, I feel like uh, that the that she and Natasha Henstridge had a very similar look at, at least at first. Because hmm. I, I remember I was a bit I was actually a little bit genuinely confused when. Um, uh, when they, they like cut to her and she was off there and she suddenly had short hair and I was like, wait, what's going on? Oh, it's a different person. It, it, it right. Because then there's also Pound Greer, uh, who's Commander Braddock. Yeah. Um, and she's like the, and that, that's where you talk about like the kind of like the, uh, the, the, the queer matriarchy going on because she's very much, you know, overtures and that sort of thing, very sexual yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In, in relation to that and, and, de- and, and demeaning to, to Statham. And Statham looks wrong in this movie. Like he yeah, because he hasn't—he looks... hasn't figured it out yet. Like he no, hasn't got no. sporter and onwards where he's got the look right. He's still kind of got hair, but it's a real fucking disaster. It is. It's it's like it's like uh, late era Bruce Willis with hair, where he's like just trying to hang on to it a little bit, mm. and, and his face just looks a little wrong as well. Like he still I don't looks think like he's quite working out as much as he was. Yeah, you know, yeah. as he got to so. Yeah, I think you're right because yeah, he's it is almost like he's he's carrying a little more more not necessarily weight, but but he's not as drawn in his face where you know he's just super ripped. Yeah, you know, yeah. transport Statham that we all know. Um, Although to be honest, I saw a bit of transport the other day. That movie looks like it was made thirty years ago as well. Does it really? Cra- it's crazy. You just look at the cars and go, cars don't look like that. They didn't look like that twenty years ago, but they did. Oh, how strange! How strange! It's really is that? strange how old transport. That's looks still now. a new. That's still like a newish movie in my mind, but that's just because yeah. we old. Um, we old. Uh, the Trans Marinara Express sounds like a pasta sauce. <laughs> it really does, doesn't it? <laughs> can I can I not skip over? Um, uh, his name is uh, Liam Waite as Descanso. Descanso. That is the uh, the the, the wet uh, lieutenant guy who doesn't really matter. He's the other one. <laughs> Oh, the one who's like buddies with because there's the train driver, wasn't there? The one who's like, oh no, no, he's no, 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 no. You're right, you're right. Okay, yeah, yeah, Mr. Generic Man. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was apparently um, this? I didn't know at all, but it was the fiance of Natasha Henstridge at the time who got Natasha Henstridge the part after the original actress dropped out. Could you have a guess on which like late nineties? sort of rock icon was originally going to do this role who had turned actress and had done pretty well on it. This fascinated me when I learned this. Like I want to say only... Madonna. Ooh, but... that would have been good too. But no, think 90s. Think 90s. Think more, yeah, not necessarily cooler, but more 90s. Alanis Morissette? Ooh, could you imagine that? No. would have been wrong, but no. Um... I feel like this the correct answer would have been wrong as well somehow. Shit. Laurie Petty? 
Oh shit! That would have been too late, I suppose. Ten, for her. Ten, I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what happened. Um, to the end of the nineties, but no, I can't think who it would be. Who who was it? Courtney Love. Oh yeah, you're right. It would have been wrong, but I can kind of see where the motivation comes from. I don't think yeah, she had the acting chops for it. Not that I don't know actually because she's brilliant, but you know, I I don't decent. know what this would have been, but it would have been a rap rock thing, I suppose, by the end of it, which would have given it something. But, um, yeah, uh, She Dropped Out uh, is very, very briefly alluded to on the commentary as only Courtney, and that's why I found the reference somewhere else. Um, and uh, Liam Waite, who plays Descanso, um, is uh, was her fiancé and brought her in a week before shooting. So Interesting. Okay. Coming off the back of two back-to-back films, apparently, which okay, plays into something later on. So, oh, okay. Can we cool. can we just not gloss over the fact that they're those two, Descanso and uh, Statham, so, are playing a card game on the thing called Tarts, which I seems to be the most ludicrous that. card game ever. You know, they're like he goes, like, "Oh, you're quite good at Tarts," and uh, and he and then he he's like, "All right, let's do one up, one down," and he flips it in and goes, "Jesus Christ, the five of bats, the five of bats, <laughs> five of bats." <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, the five of bats. And then he goes, you've got the wheeler. And it's just like, it just, just completely like, just pull a word out of a jar, you know, yeah. uh, fucking let's, let's make up the game. It feels like something we would have made up. It, it kind of does. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus Christ, the five of bats. Oh, uh, there was a fun moment, actually. So when they were on the train, um, where I live is actually really close to a train line. And I could feel mm. the train. And it, sometimes it moves the building a little bit. And so oh, I can feel, oh, I can feel the trains. It, it, I thought it was an earthquake when I first moved in. Um, but I, while they were on the, the the train, I could feel the trains moving my building. And so it was like, I was like, oh, it's like Home Depot's office. I, hope <laughs> it was I was about to say, was it like that? Nice. <laughs> um, I, I love the painfully Canadian train driver and his sidekick, Mike Myers. That was, uh, those, those were a fun yeah. pair. That's, that's Peter Jason. You were saying about uh, people from the... Um... Uh, from the wider rep company, Peter Jason, yeah. I think, was in most of them from the late eighties onwards. Um, okay, he's tellingly not in uh, in in vampires actually, unless I've mm. very much missed him. But he was like, he's one of the main guys in They Live. Um, you know, he's one of the main guys in the Resistance. Okay, he's the one that is running the like little refugee camp and stuff. He's in um, other ones in roles I can't remember right now. <laughs> He's an escape from LA. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, no, I enjoyed him. I I really enjoyed his kind of gruff blue collar performance. It was fun. Mm. Um. As for his T boy, I actually don't know why why that character is even there. Doesn't serve any purpose. I think his like hand gets sliced off at the end when they the like they they throw like the blades at him, but he Mm. he gets gets dead at the end. Um. Uh, yeah, this is where I've got the, the comment. What's this shot on video? Because uh, it really does look like it was. Um, anyway, so they I arrive... really want to see the version you saw. I think it's such a shame, actually, because it's yeah, I want to. I it's amazing. Yeah, I well, pick up the Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I'm amazed actually. Well, we'll look into this. We'll do a, a Dalzard on this down the line because I might good. try and I might try and get you some clips of what it what the remaster looks like. Okay, so yeah. they arrive at. Canyon, what's it called? Shining Canyon. Shining Canyon. They arrive at Shining Canyon and um, and head out to 
they go to the police station first? Yeah, kind of like they split up, don't they? Because this is where you start mm. getting weird like flashbacks to things that only happened seconds earlier. Oh, um, yeah, one like of them goes off to the wreck fact, which I assume is like the pub. One yeah. of them goes off to the, the, the jail, effectively. Right. Because that's and where... Don't... Uh, is this where they go through like the the, the building and, and Statham sees the like the body falls out or whatever and there's, there's like blades and shit behind him and is that is that's, that this bit? Is that later that's on? after they go to the uh, jail find no one there and then go to the wreck fact because that's okay. when he has the killer line this is not making me happy which <laughs> 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 is just like such a killer delivery okay in, I, in I, the. Uh, I also think this might be the bit where I, I had to pause the movie be- and yell what at the screen because I did not understand what had just happened. Oh, which bit? At, at 16 minutes and 36 seconds. I actually put a time oh, wow. down. Break it down. 16 minutes and 36 seconds as they're coming out of the back of, of I think, probably the wreck fag. They, 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 they come out of the doors. They take a couple of steps forward. And then it dissolves to them a couple more steps forward, just in place. It just dissolves, like not a cut. It just, there's just a, a what? I don't. Why? Why did that happen? Uh, uh, probably to try and smash two takes together. But why don't you just cut to like another angle and then cut back? And when you've got the next, t- I don't know why you dissolve from the same shot into the same shot three seconds later. Um. Uh, and why did it probably, make the cut? Why did it make the cut? Because there's so many, like, there's so many weird transitions in this film. Did, I think Ben Kapusinski at this. I mean, that's what it seems like. <laughs> I I think that because of the historical nature of dissolves and their usage in films, I think the the use of dissolves and wacky transitions here is is two reasons. If I'm looking to try and explain it, I think one is is about the fallible nature of memory because it's a told story. Okay. But also I think that doesn't really hold up because some things she's telling are not from her perspective. So True. I think that's kind of bullshit. Uh, and the other one is because they've got a lot of cool wipes and stuff on the Avid. Because <laughs> you get a okay. lot of like the circle wipe and you get the weird like, it's a bit like Star Wars in that respect, but not it in is, the same it way. Is. No, no, I made that comment a little bit later on about, about yeah, that there seem to be lots of like, you know, yeah, you know, wipes from, with, the, with the, like, the, the circle yeah. at the center and like just diagonal and stuff. Um, which I think it's fine. a little bit of kind of jazz like editing to an extent. Um, but I think that the, especially the extensive use of dissolves, is um, is is about ellipses in time and what they were traditionally used for. Because it's like in the thing they have weird occasional quick fades to black mm. when you're not supposed. To. Do you remember those? They, they always struck me as kind of just a bit odd. But then you just get not used well, to them. I don't remember them well now. The, the thing has these moments where it will just kind of like something will happen. Then because you can't follow that, you're not supposed to know what's happening yet. Quick fade mm. to black. And then you go oh, somewhere okay. else, and, it, and it's about that. I think it's just about skipping time, but within the same shot, yeah, it don't make any fucking sense. You just gotta <laughs> let it go. I think. <laughs> I think so, but it, it it just it like. I think I've just it, tripped over into being a John Carpenter apologist. <laughs> I think you have, yeah, but, that's, but I'm okay with it. It, it. it threw me for a loop. It it, it made my it, it it broke my brain slightly. I just couldn't quite figure out what the hell yeah. I've done and why this this movie from this what I, in my mind is like a really great filmmaker just 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 looked so shit and then that happened i was like okay because okay. he's just given up and and this is where i wrote down the note why do i feel like i'm watching channel five late at night and i'd quickly change channels if my movie i walked in because i felt like we were going to get to like a scene and it was just going to go like full-on softcore porn late night channel five at a certain point with mm-hmm. natasha henstridge and um claire duvall 
Mm. But it, it doesn't. No, because John Carpenter doesn't really have that in him so much. He doesn't. No, no, but, no um, exactly. You know. Um, uh, so, so next, the next part, you might have to help me with with uh, with, with how we, because most of my, my notes from this point onward are just observations. Do please, we? Yeah. Do, do do we then have them go like a couple of the characters go off to the mine, right? And that's where we get the no. The, so or is this, you have is this is this where Jane Lynch comes in in a hot air balloon? The Jane Lynch is in the cells in a hot air balloon. They're trying to figure out what's going on. Actually, I haven't written down uh, exactly the order things happen, but you get they don't go off until the mine until they find the guy in the rover. Ah yes, okay, yeah, and which is where we lose um, Pam, Greer. Uh, Pam Greer for the rest of the film. I expected her to come back. No, which her head is on a spike <laughs> up in the mine, but yeah, because basically, I, I think one of the goons is is roaming around and basically just kills her off screen. So she okay. very abruptly is gone. Um, uh, I really like is... Rover. I thought it looked great. The rover's pretty cool. I don't know if they only yeah. had one and they just keep reusing it or not, but I would guess they only had one. I'm, I'm um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they get to the town, they go off to the rec fact because as Pam McGreer says, there it's uh, is it Friday night or Saturday night? I can't remember. But either way, she says there's money to burn, whores to fuck, and drugs to take. Oh, she does, doesn't she? So, yeah, yeah, because yeah. the town's completely deserted and they don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Um, Statham is constantly a complete sleaze. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, constantly making passes at at, uh, at Ballard. Henstridge, yeah. yeah. Um, then, yeah, they lose. They go to the the guy in the truck. This is where I've just got flashback mess structure written down. Um, uh, they've yeah, been the through the, the guy in the truck is like having like a like an episode. It's like it's yeah. By this he's point, effectively they, being possessed and. Right. Have they established what's going on at this point? That that, that people uh, are just oh, they have because in the jail, then the, the people in the jail told them what was going on, where where people are like self mutilating and and turning mm. and they and, found and, the girl in the cupboard as well. Yeah. Oh, they did later they? Yeah. be yeah. be doing the same. Um. Yeah. So so that's when they split them up and and Statham runs off towards the mine and he sees the people in the mine. But by this point, they've already spoken. We've, we've completely glossed over Ice Cube being in the in the cell. Oh, it's in they the found cell. Ice Cube yeah, yeah. in the cell as the prisoner. They found the other prisoners. And like you say, uh, um, Jane Lynch, that's really mean. But yeah. Um, uh, yeah, no, you're not wrong. Um, but the bit where... Uh, when, I just... I, not to gloss, I don't want to gloss over Jane Lynch's crash either. We flash back to Jane Lynch's telling her story as to how she ended up in the column. Yeah, her flashback, this, of course. In this hot, yeah, her flashback within the flashback. She's in this hot air balloon, like crashing into the colony. But I just loved the way it looked. I loved the, the aesthetics of the hot air balloon and how crap it looked up close. And it was just great. It was fantastic. Mm. It's a really nice little model. Like, again, model mm-hmm. stuff. There's not that much. There is CG in this one, especially, but. There's not that much of it because they're low budget films and it was really expensive then. So, yes. um, yeah, they've they've seen all the weird kind of like it's screws and metal and scissors and barbed wire and all this sort of shit that's happening. The you know the uh, whatever you want to call it, sort of weird tribalistic stuff. Yeah, but they don't know what the hell's going on yet. Statham goes off to the thing. Um, Henstridge goes back to the jail, and this is where um, Ice Cube has got the jump on Clay Duval and Descanso. And uh, and then there's the the face off with the guns, yes. Which is where I think Ice Cube de- delivers his best line of the film, which is. 
Drop your gun, Descanso. Yeah, drop the gun, Descanso. And I just love the delivery of that. <laughs> okay. It's just, he, just, he just repeats the line. You should cut it in here. If, if you... <laughs> yeah, well, this, this, yeah. I, I abs- that's why I keep doing my Descanso, because mm-hmm. there's almost like I could take every line of this film with someone saying Descanso at the end of it. <laughs> kind of like your prick at the end of, uh, of yeah, every, yeah, yeah. the Descanso cut of uh, of Ghost of Mars would be a joy to behold. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just that line always tickles me because it's just a complete repeat, but it's got the ice cube spin on it, which is just wonderful. Descanso. Uh, I've just got a note here that says Statham's goggles make me sad. <laughs> yeah, well, all the goggles like they need the breathers and they need the goggles until they don't need the breathers or the goggles. It's like yeah. James. Everyone's wearing armor in vampires, but James Woods isn't because he's super cool and tough. Yeah, yeah, he's you a know? cool man, yeah. Yeah. Um, we, yeah, they just abandon those sorts of things. So Statham sees what's happening in the mine. He says there's like 200 of them when there's clearly 40 at most. Yeah. Um, and they're all doing ritualistic things. Pam Greer's been killed and her head's on a spike. Um, oh, yeah, they're like down in the valley, right? Like Yeah, they're, they're in the actual mine, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, then, and then we meet like the three three characters who uh who he who are like they're not affected by whatever's going on and then they get them he, he takes them back to the police station right yes yeah and then they they yeah they come in as uh in theory miners who got away from it all right and, precisely and, you know say what was happening and stuff so uh it's worth knowing at this point sorry the the subtitle track always says like with the guy in the rover and stuff it always says ghostly rasping when the oh, when the spirits great. are about that like kind of <gasps> Yeah. It's always described as ghostly rasping. Ghostly rasping. I love yeah. it. Okay, that's great. Um, uh, trap the gun, scansel. That's a note I had written down here. Um, they go to they go through the infirmary. At the next point, don't they? So when they're trying to figure out what's happening, when when, hang on a minute, is this now or is this already happened? Maybe they don't go to the rec fact. Maybe they go to the infirmary. I think together. I think you might be right. I think I think it is the infirmary, and that's that's where they come out the back doors. Because I think that's where it's it, is it the infirmary where they find like the ritualistic like scissors and wire and shit and the girl. Yeah, the but locker. they've been in the rec fact as well, haven't they? Or they no the other the other flashback. This is where it gets confusing. The other flashback leads you into the rec fact, and then it cuts to Natasha Henstridge, who was like, "This is only what I was told," or whatever. Right her and Statham go into the in the infirmary stuff uh, and that's where they see a couple of people and that no it's her and Cube because Cube escapes yes and she chases Cube in there and that's where she sees him because that's when they kind of get the drop on each other multiple times because because uh, one attacks um, Henstridge and he saves her and then one attacks him and he loses his gun and stuff well and by and this point they... by this point we've realized that the miners that Statham found are actually Cube's buddies who've come to come to get him right have we already found that out no that hasn't happened yet that's when they because after the drop the gun descanso um uh he escapes okay and she chases okay. him down so that's, that's that's right yeah 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 so they haven't come back yet that's next um and then this is where they form their initial alliance alliance um, right between henstridge and things which is when he says that he didn't say he was innocent he said he didn't kill anybody mm. which i thought was also a nice delivery yeah, it's a fun, fun distinction as well. Um, and he also says there's a thin line between a crop, a, a, a crop, <laughs> a cop, and a crook these days, which is also just another complete flat delivery. But I adore it. 
Um, well, also, and, you and get in a, a world of, of cartels it, so, it, and like pseudo fascistic uh, police forces. It's probably quite true. <laughs> yeah. He also, at this point, it's very, very understated, but he says, like, you've got the woman behind you, like, which is kind mm-hmm. of like a the man thing, which is just one of the yeah. last, I think, probably one of the last times that matriarchy thing is reinforced. Um, then when they all go back to the jail, that's when Statham's there with his three mates and they do the, you know, uncloak thing and they're telling him who the prisoner is and stuff. And they're like, if the prisoner is Desolation Williams, we're very much interested. And they do the kind of wow. Oh, they do. They've got guns. Yeah. Yeah. Because Statham actually asks him, you got any weapons? And it's like, it's like, no, we're minus. We don't have weapons. And then he's got, they've got guns and shit. Yeah, and then Uno goes, we lied. Because <laughs> he, he does, does his voice back to him. You remember that? It's like, you said you didn't have any weapons. It's like, we lied. We I like lied. it when that guy does yeah. that. Does the fake yeah. Statham voice back him. <laughs> oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> we, we lied. lied. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, this is when they, uh, they initially lock them all in the cell, and then they have to form Uneasy Alliance 2. Yes. Because uh, Henstridge goes to bust uh, Uno's arm. Yes, that's right. Yeah, he's gonna. Yeah, she's gonna break his arm. I remember that. And then everyone um, sort of laughs at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they like they like mock him for for getting caught, don't they? Which is again doesn't really gel with the whole matriarchal society thing because like there's no shame in getting caught by a woman in this society because the women women are on top. Again, it's because probably, it probably doesn't, analyzing it too closely yeah, doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> um. Mm. Then you get, I think you get a bigger flashback of what uh, what happened in the mines when they sort of tell them all about them. And actually, at this point, there's a there's a neat little fun thing where they go past three heads on sticks, and it's the the K and B guys. It's actually there. Oh, is it really? Their head, their head molds, yeah. Which I always thought was kind of cool. That is fun. I like that. Um, so, what, what's the next story beat? Did we get? Um, did we get uh, um, another Danny Felt showing up? Is that is that what happens? No, it's well. I mean, it could be actually somewhere there because in the in the mind there's there's what they call Big Daddy Mars <laughs> in the credits, bizarrely, and and who um, Carpenter refers to as Big Daddy uh, is the is the leader of them all. Um, but what they do next is they start being like, right, how are we going to take him on? We've got the train, blah blah blah, or whatever. How are we going to get up here? And they start putting the detonators in food cans, and yes. Doss needlessly chops his thumb off. <laughs> Yeah, like there's no, there's never a payoff for that. But they're all laughing at him because he chops oh, yeah, his thumb off as well. Just like that is perfect or whatever. Cute yeah, says. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because he's like trying to show off, isn't he? He's like yeah. trying to be like, oh, I got this, and he yeah just ends up chopping his thumb off. And it's like grabbing his bloody stump and shaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, and and Henstridge is like, uh, are you still okay to do this? And he's like, he's on his laugher gas or whatever. And he's just like, oh, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've completely yeah, glossed over like the drug. Um, Henstridge is on drugs as well. She's on that she thing is. called Clear, right? And, and she looks at her, her like little locket thing or little uh, pendant on, yeah. on the train, and, and it goes all like spirally Babylon Five graphics. Yeah, which it weirdly does without anyone late. looking at it later, which I don't quite understand, but it's oh, fine. Yeah. 
I think it's supposed to show that she's high, but at that point she's oh, passed out. When, when she's like out on the ground, right? After yeah, she's, it's in her hand and it just does the, yeah, it does the Babylon 5 graphics, as you so well, put it. And maybe this is a good point to introduce the, the, the contrivance of like what's causing these people to, to go bonkers and do the self-mutilation yes. and stuff. Because um, it, it seems like uh, 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 Dr. Jane Lynch was doing some kind of research and released something that is supposed to be like, I can't tell, quite tell whether it's a gas or whether it's supernatural or something, but it seems like, a, or both, honestly, uh, or like souls in gas, gaseous form, um, because we get that storm effect that comes across the valley mm. of uh, the, 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 and that's where everyone, what it reminded me of a little bit is like a Martian version of, um, is it a view to a kill? Is that the, is that the movie that, that um, Walken is the bad guy in the bomb movie that Walken's a bad guy in? Hang on a minute. I can confirm this with my mug that's on my desk. <laughs> oh, fabulous. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I can't tell because your video is so bad, but I'm guessing that's a yes. Um, that is the view to a kill mug. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, no, no. I, I can tell it's a view to a kill mug, but I can't tell whether that's Walken on the front or not. <laughs> uh, Walken is hanging out the side of a plane up in this country. Oh, I couldn't even tell that was a plane. <laughs> uh, I apologize. Sorry. That's not your fault. Um, uh, but uh, uh, so... There's a scene in that where, like, he, if, if I'm remembering correctly, I might be remembering absolutely wrong, but like, there's a gas that 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 he releases from like a helicopter or a plane or something, mm. and it's just like this great aerial shot of like completely open landscape and people, and just as the 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 gas goes across them, I can almost like hear the you know the the AD off stage going no, no, group one fall fall, and like everyone just kind of falls in a line, and it, I've always loved the way it looks because it's so completely innocuous. Um, but that's kind of what the effect of of the the storm of of this whatever that's been released from the mine flowing across that valley reminded me of. Um, and again, it looked it it was model work, but it was it looked very overlaid to me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I would say that's fair. I mean, the it, uh, John Company calls it the the Mars wind. So Mars whatever wind, you want to call okay. it. Um, I dug into a little bit of it. Originally, it was supposed to be a kind of a ball like a oh. there's a lot of pre-production artwork of this kind of like, a like sphere. yeah sphere almost like ancient egyptian looking hmm. sphere thing i mean god knows when that was given up on as an idea but i guess they just went with we'll just do it as a cgi thing so i don't know if they were supposed to like find this this sphere and crack it open or something or whether it was always meant to be a wind i don't i don't know but yes it is a, okay. the, the sort of wind and it is it is a kind of blobby cgi Yes, and, and and I interpreted that as being the ghosts of Mars, and I don't know whether this is kind of like overtly stated in the movie as to whether that's what's you know whether the whether it's like like vampires and it's some kind of virus that's that's causing these people to act like this, or whether it's literally the like the souls of former Martian inhabitants in, infesting these people, which is kind of what I got from it. Ah, well, it depends what you take the visions that Henstridge sees later as. Right. Which are... Uh, sort of weird, ancient fish people. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> In armour, who seem to be some sort of, like, force. Effectively, yeah, I mean, it's... I would say somehow it's the souls of... I mean, we're back to vampires and it, it doesn't fucking matter. But um, <laughs> it's effectively, the, this, the you know, the souls, ghosts, or spirits of these this ancient race um, who are possessing the current inhabitants to, to effectively fight them off. 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's get what off I'm our planet. Get off our planet. Yeah. Yeah. So there is there um, is a uh, speech explanation of it at some point about okay. us being okay. the invading force or whatever. Remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is. Okay. That that rings a bell. Now you say it. Um, bottom line is, it doesn't fucking matter. True. True. Um, I, I do have a note here about uh, loving uh, Ice Cube's uh, camo Mars camo pants. I have Mars camo. Red. I love Mars them. camo is right there. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Because <laughs> it's not. It took me so long to realize that it's not just like desert camo. It's red and red and red. Like it's mm-hmm. it's Mars camo. They had to have specifically made that for this. They had to, yeah, absolutely, or dyed some existing camo with some like red, like light red wash or something. It's wild, but yeah, I love that. I don't, I it don't is. know why it took me so long to realize that Mars camo is a, is a thing. Is a thing, so, yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, I did notice something about Statham's performance where he he was overly pronouncing the teaser end of words where I don't think he normally would. Yeah, that would make so, sense. Like he, and I, it felt like a direction to me. Like he would, he was like, "All right," is what he'd normally say. But he's like, "All right," and he's yeah. like actually kind of putting T's on the ends of the words. And I was like, "That's interesting. I wonder where that came from, or whether that was his choice, or whether he was told to do it." But it just, it, I kept noticing it, so I thought I'd write it down. Probably going to America and getting an acting coach or something over there. Probably, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I mean, this is this is quite early in his career still, actually. Yeah, that's, I mean, true. that's true. When was Lockstock at '97? I mean, this is only a couple of years after that. I mean, I can't think yeah. what films were in between, even really. No, so he's still very point. much trying to 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 you know Establish get himself, a yeah. career over uh, off the back of Lockstock. Yeah, yeah. Lockstock was '98. So it's it's yeah. Yeah, well, there yeah. you go. Even closer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where are we in the story at this point? That they're, they're, they're all in the police station and. They've got to figure out a way to get out of this town. Is this where we get the aborted attempt to get back to the train and the train's not there? No, I think we get Henstridge possessed first. Oh, really? I thought that was I thought that was after. Wait, hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Do they then fight their way back to the... Well, they, no, maybe you're right, maybe you're right. They, they, fight, they, they, they try to fight their way back to the train and then we see that there's a bunch of... Uh, like the, a bunch of them are, are in the town, and then they get they go back to the police station. And isn't that where um, uh, what's his face, uh, 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 Desconzo's, um arm gets like? Isn't that where he gets fucked up? That would make sense if he's yeah if he's dispatched then because he's dispatched relatively early. He gets like cut up into pieces, doesn't he? And then he's gone. well. It, seem, it seems like that these these uh, the the, the um, Mar- Mar- Martian wind people. Um, they they seem to use like circular saws that they throw as weapons. That seems to be a big thing, like dismembering by throwing yeah. like sharp bladed objects that that uh, indistinguishable blurs seems to be a, a, one of their weapons of choice. Yeah, I, I assume that they. I mean, my blanket statement on that is they've repurposed uh, mining equipment. Mining equipment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because you get this weird like sword thing that just looks like to me it looks like a blade off like a plow or something. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think they've just like they've sort of gone right. What would they have? Like when they actually walk into the rag fac in that thing, it's it's really strange because they've got like little bits of barbed wire and nails and stuff. And then one of them is just a bottle opener, and it's not even been changed. It's just a silver <laughs> bottle opener, <laughs> and it's just hanging there. I'm like that's just a bottle opener. It looks like mine from upstairs. That's so weird. And it's just like a, you know a thick handle and a and a you know one of those uh, trapezoidal kind of you know. Tss. When do they kind of when do they go to like the the power distribution building or something? Because there's a, a great shot of like the exterior of this building, and it's just like 
like scanning lights going off at like through the windows and i just i, I loved the aesthetic of it because i'm like what what is the purpose of that do you remember that is the, are you talking about when they go to blow the power station at the end or are you talking about when the lights in the infirmary are going wrong when they go to that's that's that? that's what it is yeah. that's what i'm thinking of yeah yeah they just get and, uh, yeah and statham just goes it's probably just a surge or whatever yeah yeah exactly and, uh, yeah. and that's when they go into there so that's kind of earlier but yeah i think that's you're right okay. i think i think at this point there was the initial fight yes and you lose a few people but i can't think where they're trying to get to because the train isn't there yet no, but they think it is. They're trying to get to the edge of town to get to the train, and then the, tra- like, the train's not fucking here, and then they go back. Yeah, was well, that when... Because I thought before they left, they're like, Cube's like, I don't see no train, or whatever, and then there's a bit where... Is that when he goes double guns back down the ramp? Yes, like, it is. We, yeah. we, we, we do what we should have done in the first place, and he's like, come on, yeah, you mindless exactly motherfuckers, right. and he's yeah, doing yeah. double guns and running back yeah. down the ramp. Right. Okay, and so then they fight their way back to the police station. Then the needless scene happens where um, uh, Clay Duval just kills the guy in the in the in the cell who's cutting on himself and releases yes. the ghost into the into the air. Right, and that's when yeah. Henstridge is possessed, and that's when uh, they throw her out the back door. <laughs> right. Well, don't they throw her out the front door, and then she climbs into the back. Oh, I don't know. They they throw her out one, and she climbs yeah. over the wall. Yeah, yeah. They throw um, out the front door, and then and 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 my my <laughs> my, um, my my note here is because she then overcomes the possession, and my my note in regards to that is um, <laughs> wait. So the answer is drugs. Yes. Yes. Okay. The answer is I, drugs. I, I wanted to make sure I hadn't got that wrong because it does seem like that it's the fact that she's a junkie. And the, the junkie drugs in her system that give her a trip are what are allowing her to 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 overcome and, and expel the, the the ghosts from herself. The this uh, John Carpenter sums up as his duality in my feelings on drugs. <laughs> oh, okay. John Carpenter is a giant pothead. <laughs> has been. Oh, is he really? Okay. Yes, he likes to smoke cigarettes and do and smoke pot and watch basketball, and that's what he likes. And play video games. This is what like, John Carpenter does. And synthesizes. Yeah. Synthesizes. Player synthesizes when he's being paid by someone else to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, so he yeah, and it's it's sort of made out at the start that like clear is nothing, like it's kind of meaningless, and like she says, doesn't she? It's only clear, like she says, right on that train at the start when she first does a, a, a pill or whatever it is of clear that she'll mm. be straighter than the train track by the time they arrive at Shining Canyon, which is one of right. those little set of lines for Pam Greer to be like shame, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. straight, get it, straight, yeah, yeah um. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so she she has the thing, but somehow the clear saves her. But this is actually there's a scene before this where she has a little bonding scene with um, Ice Cube, where he's on about like why he's trying to stay alive. Yeah, and he says that uh, his reason for staying alive, uh, he'll he'll tell her when the tide is high and the water's rising, mm. which is just like needlessly dramatic, and then comes back at the end, but it's still completely meaningless. It but is. yeah, she's out there. Uh, Statham gives her some clear, and then like creepily touches her lips. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, I didn't like he sort that. Of like, like lips like that, and um, somehow the drug saver. Yeah, the answer is drugs. The drugs collide with the ghosts of Mars. She sees the visions of the the ancient fish people in their armor, mm-hmm. 
And then she comes back, and then she's like knocking on the door and climbing back yeah, in. Because like, yeah, she, she climbs over the barbed wire on the uh, at the back in that little compound at the back. Yeah, where using that weird sword thing that looks like it right. came off like a plow. Actually, yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, and then, then they're like, is, "Is it you? Is it you?" And stuff like Statham and uh, and one of the others at the back that back door and letting her in. And then do we move from there straight into the full frontal assault? Pretty much, yeah. That we're about an hour in now, so we may as well get to the conclusion. It's, 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 okay. it's basically just the, <laughs> the only bit, the best bit about what it reintroduces the drugs is the fact that Ice Cube has the necklace with the things. Yeah, and he's going to give it back to her to die with. Effectively, he goes, "It's hers." And Statham's like, "How did you get this?" And he just goes, "I stole it." <laughs> he does. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because right. I actually went back looking for evidence of where he stole it, and what yeah. I found was the fact that for some reason, uh, Henstridge's like leather uniform thing mm. just disappears between scenes oh really? that's it okay, <laughs> she's got the jacket that. and everything on then she walks out of the door and she's not got it on anymore but there oh, you okay go. so yeah. um uh yeah so this is when you get the full-on assault because they've built a battering ram and they're coming towards them with the battering ram yes and they, they're coming towards them like uh they, they look like a crowd from a from from like Ozfest or something walking through trying to get to their show um, yeah, and going to see Alex looks, Cooper or whatever. Yeah, it looks particularly bad when they show it on like the security monitors because it yeah. loses. As even though this the, this copy that I watched was very videoy, it loses any kind of pretense of cinematic effect when they cut to that 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 like surveillance camera footage, hmm. and it, it it like that was that was a bit that busted me out of it a little bit. Where I was like, oh shit, this really looks like a production. It looked like it looked like the kind of you know when you see that footage sometimes of. Like someone shooting with a video camera on the side of of a of a, and they're shooting the actual action, but then yeah, there's yeah. cameras, uh, you know, production making of, of making of stuff. type footage. That's what it felt like to me, and it, and it, it it snapped me out of it for a second, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, so they successfully break in to the police station, and there's a, a <laughs> those uh, doors go like tinfoil with that weird like battering ram. Yeah. And why did they build what looks like the battering ram from like? An LAPD like procedural thing, like right? It's the stick it's exactly the flat like, bit. with the flat, with the yeah, with the flat plate yeah. on the end. Yeah, it's exactly what it was like. Um, but then the, the the like the running battle through where they keep on where they're, they're, they're like they're doing the two and two thing where oh I'm out of ammo so we'll switch so you can reload. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Reload. Yeah. It's cool, but but it made the building feel about a quarter of a mile long. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> um, uh, and that culminates with. Uh, them getting out the back door, doesn't it? Yeah, isn't that when they uh, they decide like the train has arrived or something? Yes. Like Clay Duvall goes up the thing and the train is there. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's the the exchange between Clay Duvall or Clear Duvall and uh, Peter Jason as the the driver of the train, and it's all just explained away. It's like a I didn't know they could do that type thing, where one of them says, "Where the hell have you been?" and mm-hmm. the other one says, "Where the hell have you been?" And that's that's the only explanation you get. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why did you leave? Why did the train leave? And yeah, okay. Yeah, they had other train business to. Connect. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they had another station to go to. Mm. <laughs> A cargo drop or whatever. It doesn't. Right. Make it, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't fucking matter. No, it doesn't matter. That's true. Um. So. Uh, this is where I again. This is I. I had this note for both films that we watched. This. Could have been a killer video game because again, it's got uh, all the beats, all the beats the way you can ever really, and especially with that that battle there. That's like the penultimate battle in the police station where you've got tight, tight, 
close quarters combat type stuff going on and and um so do they make it to the train this time is that what happens yeah they make it to the train some of the guys get on with them and they they go away and then they decide they have to go back because they have to end it <sighs> yeah why are they going back this makes no sense is my notes <laughs> They're going to blow up the power station so that but, it kills all the ghosts of Mars. Because you kill sure, ghosts surely. with a nuclear explosion. If you are a like a Martian police force with your own train network, um, and this is where I made the note that the full-size train looks is kind of neat, but kind of wobbly, though. It's being dragged by a tractor. But like, I was trying to logic out in my head, and I'm like, well, surely they'll get back to you know, alpha base or whatever. And they'll say, let's fucking go to Mars over there. And they'll just go and like fly their, you know, 200 year in the future space jets over there and bomb the fuck out of it and turn it into a glass crater. No, why did just trains have to go back? They just got trains. Okay. Just trains, just trains okay. and nuclear bombs. <laughs> right. Because they, they do make it into a nuclear bomb, don't they? Isn't that, isn't that what happens in the end? Yeah. The, uh, the uh, Jane Lynch tells them how to do it. But when they're like, do you think do you think this will kill them? She's like, hell if I know. And they just do it yeah. anyway. Right. <laughs> so so they, go they go and they have to pull the rods and expose the core and then they're going to blow up yeah. the thing. Yeah. And, they, and they, they split up, don't they? Like you've got some of them stay on, on the train and that's where like mm -hmm. Mike Myers and uh, and Daddy Train Driver get dead. Um, yeah. And uh, have, have uh, like uh, Uno and those guys, uh, one of them's dead at least by this point, right? I think they're pretty much all dead uh, all at this dead, point, okay. actually. Um, let's see whether I can remember how they die. Because um, one, one of them gets like gets killed about the same time as um, Desconzo, doesn't he? In that, yeah, in that first in the first, in the first, yeah, in the first run back to the station, two of them get got. Dos mm. blows up, and then doesn't he kill? Yeah, he kills uh, Uno because Uno gets possessed. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And then that's where the brother thing comes out. He was my brother. I don't know if they're all my meant brother, to be brothers, yeah. but yeah. I can't remember how Tress dies, actually. She's probably shameful, but he he probably gets similar way. Yeah. And then, yeah, train driver gets got with uh, uh, slicey things. Yep. And Clay Duval gets her head cut off. Which mm -hmm. I was um, shocked at. And then Statham just gets set upon by a swarm of vampires. Hmm. But I was, I was, I mean, it made, made it made sense uh, um, that, uh, sorry, yeah, go to Mars. Uh, it made sense in retrospect that none of them survived because Henstridge was the only one on the train and she's the one who told the story yeah, in yeah. retrospect. Yeah. But it still shocked me when, when uh, Clay Duval got killed. Uh, I was like, yeah, oh, her head yeah. just, it's quite it's, nicely done. It was, yeah. Her head just kind of comes off and, you know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they get back on the train, and then I think by yes. that point it's only Cube and uh, Henstridge. It and, is. And uh, a couple of Martians get on there, Ghost of Mars get on there, mm -hmm. and uh, and they have to fight them hand-to-hand. -hand. The Cube kills Big Daddy Mars by blowing up the back end of the train. He does. And then she just seems to kick her one out. So in theory, uh, it's her fault. Some of them survive. <laughs> in a well, way. Cause, yeah, because that one's just like lying on the side of the, the is it like outside of the blast radius of the the explosion from potentially. The yeah, but I, yeah, yeah. by rights, I think the blast does nothing in the whole because you see a shot of like Crisis, which is the the sort of you know capital the or main, whatever main city. Yeah, like yeah. the wind kind of hits it, doesn't it? The kind of Martian. Oh, that's true. Hits it later on. So, 
I, so, I do have another so that, here that, that, that fight, the, the fight scenes make me dizzy. Is one of, <laughs> one of the notes that I have. I think it's just those close ones in the in the train, and there's lots of like movement, and they're just like, Burr. especially as I wrote I down at night and in in a, like a dim room on my nice big sixty five inch TV. So, in potentially some kind of horrible SD version, right? Precisely, um, yeah. The uh, the note I have for similar is train stuff goes all wacky angles, and I dig. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I like they, it. <laughs> because it's quite an enclosed space, they start doing kind of slight Batman villain sort of angles. They do. That's true. But, um, that's true. But yeah, then and then, so then, then they, they've um, Henstridge and Cube have kind of come to a, a a peace, and there's this like almost reconciliation or like we're we're oh we're on the same side after all type talk. Um, but she's injured and she's like lying down in in her bunk, like which I, th- I think is the same bunk as where we started, <laughs> where she's <laughs> taking the drugs. And um, and then not so sleekly, sneakily, uh, Cube handcuffs her to a railing. Yeah, he's going to get her a blanket, and then he holds her hand, keeps yeah. her hand for the entire stand up very slowly, it's so and slow. then handcuffs her. Yeah. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, "Oh, I can see what's coming." <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's like, "What? How? Could, how fucking could you?" Um, and then he jumps off the train, right? Yeah, he. This is where I get off. I think he says, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he goes, and then we're back to the the final sort of like that was the last time I saw him. Although she kind of contradicts her story, saying that she was asleep and he must have, you know, she passed out. She does. She lies. She, she she lies on his yeah. behalf, like that, that she doesn't know where he's gone. Um, but then, like, we are essentially caught up to where we started. Present time. Yeah. Where, where we, we we do that thing of like, oh, it's it's being told retrospectively, but there's some more after that. Um, and we're going to catch up with the with the uh, the retelling, and so we catch up with this this retelling. And does does do they basically say uh, like the main um, Tilda Swinton ladies is like uh, we're going to send you back to your cell while we make our decision? Is that what happens? Yeah, I think it's actually an infirmary, but yeah, they basically send oh, okay. her back to carry on recovering, and then she's right. like, "Are we going to tell the cartel that Mars is overrun by ghosts?" <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. And then Henstridge is like on a, on some like you know techno medical bed, mm. and we hear we start hearing sounds outside and like <laughs> <literally, laughs> yeah, it's that sort of stuff starts happening. The rabbits, and then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, rabbits of Mars. Rabbits of Mars. There's a there's one. Uh, and then the door gets kicked in, and we got Cube with his shiny chrome gun, and he throws it's got two her. absolute silver guns. I love it. <laughs> those, those chrome silver guns made me laugh and so much. That's it's when funny. he's like, "Come on, uh, tides high or whatever." Like he brings that things back, that thing back, right. and it doesn't really make yeah. making sense. It, do, it doesn't make a whole uh, bunch of sense. And then they go off to, to to fight the the ghosts of Mars again, and cuts very slowly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very slowly. It's like the walk back into the. The cell, uh, the prison yeah. thing at the end of uh, Vampires, they do a little weird, very, very forced bants. Yeah. And uh, did you notice in the, I think, according to the commentary, it's like, it seems to be because they thought they were at the end of the set and they thought the take had ended. But do you notice oh. Ice Cube looks directly at the camera at the end of I the film? I didn't notice that, no. I have a still of it to send you. Give me one sec. Um, yeah, as they're walking down the corridor, she kind of cocks the gun, which I think was her thinking like, fuck it, we're done with this, like, yeah. and she kind of goes on like her thing, and Cube just looks directly at the camera. Take a look at your phone in a second. Oh, yep, that is, he's sure is staring down the barrel of that camera, isn't he? He just looks straight at the camera, and that's when we fade to black. 
<laughs> and then and then it goes which i sent you a, a, a little voice you message did. of me doing because that was like i i actually had a comment partway through the movie i was like did the same guy who did the movie for lex do this movie and then i noticed at the end that it, it's john carpenter and anthrax yeah and, and buckethead, buckethead. And a, yeah basically just a few metal people he did yeah. the score they performed the score which okay. i think is actually to his detriment but you know, it was yeah. we were right in the middle of new metal at this point, so I suppose they were super cool. True. Yeah, true, true. That's a good point. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, the, the score really wasn't that um, compelling, I would say. Which do you think is the better score? Okay, we're into the actually we're into the into the wrap up. Then, what's the conclusions okay. here? Um, oh, that's tough. I, I think probably vampires had the better score. Okay. The, the, what this felt like was um, it had a little bit of the whiff of generic like metal score that you get in thing like Resident Evil movies. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's kind of kind of the vibe it gave me. I was like, oh, this is a bit a bit tat. Um, a bit but uh, but yeah, it was uh, it, it was so so I was. Uh, you you made comment after I uh, watched Ghost of Mars. You were like, "Oh, interesting that you went with that one first. And I honestly had no idea, you know, about the order of these. I, I deliberately went in as blind as I possibly could, so I didn't. Mm. I didn't know when they came in his career. It was a surprise to me when I saw that this looked as modern as 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 uh, as, as it did. Um, and, when would you have thought this one was made? Really- if you thought the other one was ninety one, where would you have put this one? I would have put this right around ninety seven, ninety eight. Okay, so yeah, not far off when it was. So not far off. No, no, it felt it felt yeah. very late nineties. Like it had that vibe of 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 like Lex late nineties Channel Five sci fi to me. That's, yeah, that's I suppose you've got a few like. CGI shots. Like you've got that wide shot when they blow the power station. They say it's going to be two miles, and it takes out like a mm. quarter of Mars with yeah, the blast yeah. wave. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like that. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was. So I was I was a little bit surprised when I, when I turned this on and it looked like it looked I was like oh okay that's not what I was expecting at all because I didn't know where it came in the canon um, mm. and 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 so it was it was it was a bit of a surprise for me but I stuck with it I was I was like I was invested I, I genuinely enjoyed this film even though I thought it was fucking terrible. <laughs> okay, so your vampires is better than Ghosts of Mars. Yes. Is that fair? Yeah, I'd say so, um, but not okay. by much. They're on a. They're, they're, it's it's close. So and, I love only, Ghost of Mars only, only because, and, and only because. Actually, I think if if they'd cast ghost, uh, vampires differently, I think I might have liked it more. I think um, that about this one. Interesting. Okay. I think this it, is a whole. This is okay. We'll get into my post questions. Yes. Know, know that I love Ghosts of Mars. I think okay. I love Ghosts of Mars. I think it's great. Um. I enjoyed it a lot. I think it was terrible, but I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> it's, I mean, that's part of the charm of it. The like, yeah. you know, put down the gun, descanso, and uh, I lied and all that sort of stuff. Like, John Carpenter apparently has said in an interview since that he wished he'd made it more overtly comedic, but I think that oh, would have spoiled it. No, it would have. Yeah. It, yeah. You'd, accidental comedy is so much more fun than, than overtly well, yeah, in think, this context. If you think of like the tone of um, Big Trouble again. Like mm. you've got, you've only really got Kurt in the middle of it, who is absolutely uh, playing it as dumb. 
You know, yeah. everything else is kind of unfolding around him quite seriously. And I quite like how seriously Henstridge plays it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, right now I'm I'm teching for a production of Spam a lot, and one of the notes that the director gave Caleb, who's playing King Arthur in it, is King Arthur is the only person in this who is is like taking it seriously, pretty much. It's, he's oh, the only one who's on a real like like adventure, and and Caleb really plays it that way. Sometimes he breaks out of it, but but the the core of that it kind of ties the silly performances with with like you know your Bedivere's and your Lancelots. To, to, to something a bit more solid and makes it even funnier, even though that is an overt comedy. It's a similar sort of thing where you've got the one fixed kind of like like central anchor point almost. I'd be, I mean, I've never seen Spam a lot. Obviously, I've seen Holy Grail a lot, but I'd be curious to see a version of Spam a lot because I don't know how you would do that sort of... Because you could take it a couple of different ways, couldn't you? And then... And play it and a little different. Yeah, and, and, and some it's, people it's not, know what kind of thing they're in. Right, and 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 I'm not uh, maybe I'm misrepresenting it a little bit because it's not like he plays it entirely straight. It's just for the most part he's on a sincere quest, whereas yeah. all the rest of them are, are just like you know this just a silly play because it's very self aware. That's the whole the, the, one of the big uh, uh, contrivances of spam a lot in the similar way to a lot of the the Python movies is that it becomes self aware and the fourth wall just kind of evaporates at a certain. Yeah, point. yeah. I'm just thinking, actually, Chapman kind of does that in the movie, doesn't he? He he plays Arthur, uh, not Arthur. Um, no, wait, it is Arthur. Yeah, it's Arthur. Yeah, lost. Yeah. yeah, Arthur. Yeah, he plays it a lot more sincere than uh, he does. Some of the rest of them do. Because like, good of you. yeah, yeah, and because yeah, I mean, Eric Idle's play everything stupid. Uh, John Cleese plays it serious until he gets bored, and True. then he's just going to play it however he wants. And then Palin's going to be somewhere in the middle, depending on what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Actually, yeah. um, what was I going to say? So, for me, these fall into the uh, period in John Carpenter's career when he's like, "Fuck it, I'm just going to make westerns." Yes, <laughs> but nobody they wants westerns. Like westerns. Yeah, yeah, they both are westerns, really, mm. and that's what he likes. He likes westerns. You can see this throughout his work when you go looking for it. Assault and Precinct Thirteen is a western, but it's in a police station now or in the seventies. Um, uh, the thing is effectively a western. If yeah, it was a it you know it's Texas uh, siege yeah, yeah. movie, snow western. Yeah, um, snow western is, is a great idea. Um, what other one is? There's another one that is just a western. Hang on a minute. Let me quickly think. Salt Precinct Thirteen. I mean, uh, to an extent, uh, Big Trouble is a little. You know, it's a I kind, kind of. I don't want to watch, go and watch Big Trouble tonight, honestly. You should. It it watches so well, so you know, all, all the time. It's just absolutely perfect. Um, but yeah, the so it's, it has that siege element to it, doesn't it? The fog has the siege element, but that's more like a, that's actually more like a ghost story in a way. That's it the is. one which is pretty much a ghost story. But yeah, he you know he loves westerns and and you know if, once you get into it, you realize how much he does love them. You know, Howard Hawks and Rio Bravo and John Wayne and stuff yeah. like that. And this, the, both of these are just that. He's kind of like, fuck it, I think I'm almost done. Escape from LA, kind of, you know, everyone took a shit on it. Oh, yeah. yeah Did, didn't get it. it, which I, I still don't think I get it. One of the first ones of his that I saw, I think. That and Big Trouble were probably the, the first two of his that I saw. Yeah, I was thinking about this, actually. I don't know what the first one of his I saw oh, really? okay, myself yeah. was. Because it would have been so long ago. Yeah. Like, before I even knew... And I would say it's probably either The Thing or Big Trouble, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't really have connected them as similar Both works or anything like that. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a, there's even a chance it was They Live because 
WWF fan. So oh, true. I yeah, just yeah. I just don't know looking back. I know the first one I really started to rate was the thing, mm-hmm. um, if it wasn't Halloween. Um yeah. and then uh, and then you you just after that point, you know, once I hit my mid teens, I'm a I'm a fan, basically. Once yeah. I start understanding how film works and you know, finding my own filmmakers, he's one of the earliest ones. Yeah. So sense. um and then like I don't know, late 90s i discover the fog i think for the first time on vhs and i'm just like this is what i missed and uh, and that's when kind of the the love of the fog kind of begins and then dies away for a bit and then it's come back quite a lot in the last couple of years yeah um and they live obviously becomes a classic halloween becomes a classic the thing is probably one of the best movies ever made you know oh realistically. yeah um, big trouble is uh an uncancelled slightly problematic gem <laughs> for yeah. one of a better term like there's a lot of stuff when you watch they live uh in uh we, you watch big trouble and you think like how haven't twitter come for this oh, <laughs> in some ways and now i really want to watch it tonight because i can't think of what well, you're talking about at all give it a watch it's just because of how it handles that weird kind of 80s uh hollywood sort of um east west kind of stuff like the golden child did oh, the same thing true. okay big trouble dubbed it. like it is slightly problematic in many ways yeah um but somehow sort of because it only the only idiot in it is Kurt, you know, as Jack Burton, then you, you the rest of it kind of plays quite strongly. Yeah, but it is it, there's some weird stuff in there when you when you watch it back. Okay, um, but uh, I don't know they get away with it. But yeah, so by this point in his career, you've you've had this sort of '90s slump. No one really gives a shit anymore. Memoirs of an Invisible Man is a piece of shit. It's the only one I really don't like, um, which is mostly Chevy Chase's fault. Um, then you've got Village of Damned, you've got all these kind of other ones, and then Escape from LA was meant to be this sort of like return to prominence, but no one gave a fuck. Yeah. So uh and it doesn't really work. I still don't quite understand what they were going for with it. Like if you back to back Escape from New York and Escape from LA, like they just not they just don't fit. No, you no, know? I can imagine. I can imagine that they don't. Because it's yeah, I I honestly went when I when I went back to Escape from New York after a, a number of years, I kind of had Escape from LA in LA in my head a little bit more and the, the, the tone difference of it really shook me. I was like, This isn't as fun as I remember it being. It's better, but it's not as fun as I remember it being. And it was because I had Escape from like the, you know, fucking Rob Schneider and all that shit from and mm-hmm. you know, surfing, surfing. yeah, all that kind of crap and in, in my mind. Um, from from Escape from LA, so I, I was yeah I found love for Escape from New York, but it it was again it was kind of jarring because I was like this isn't what I remember it being, um, but it was so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've got in fact I've still got your DVD of uh, Escape from New York. Oh, you really? Which you you abandoned when you left the country. I don't own it on Blu-ray, bizarrely, but I, I still have your DVD of it. Yes, which I think is by rights your DVD now. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's it's like everything it's all mine yeah. and someone else's um well, so, more yes. um i wondered how you responded to a lot of the sci-fi stuff versus a lot of the western mm. tex-mex kind of stuff in uh in vampires yes. like i wondered I, I i genuinely wondered whether you would respond better to ghosts of mars than vampires which is probably why i was surprised you didn't go with ghosts of mars first because it's the Sci-fi. Well, again, I didn't. I didn't read anything around them, so I just had titles to go off of. So I thought, I, I assume, like the, the whole the fact that it says Mars is is it's a hint, you know. It kind of tells me mm. that there's that there's some sci-fi going on in there, um, and which is you know again why I watched it first, uh, or one of the reasons I watched it first, um, because I was like, oh Mars, okay, I can do that. 
Um, so yeah, there was definitely a, a bias in that regard and, uh, and a hint of, 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 you know, I think I might prefer this more than a vampire movie. Um, uh, honestly, I, I, I don't know if it, if, if it had enough of an effect. I think I was so overcome by, um, the quality of the, of the production. And, and again, this is, this is probably due to the copy that I saw, which is really interesting. And I'm, I'm very curious to hear what you say when you, when you take a look at it. Because what would be really interesting is if you see this and be like, no, this is exactly the version that I saw. And I, it was just something that... <laughs> I'm a little afraid that might be the case. But yeah, we'll yeah, speak about that in a second. Um, but yeah, I, as, as, as far as those elements go, yeah, definitely. There's a, there's a style preference for the aesthetics of, of, of what Ghosts of Mars was intending versus what... When I, when, I, when I started watching Vampires and I was like, oh, it's a fucking Western. I was, like, I was a little bit like, eh. And then I kind of pushed through and just kind of enjoyed it for what it was um because yeah i there's no doubt that i have an aesthetic preference um and a and i like space trains and laser guns and all that kind of fun stuff so yeah yeah there, there was definitely an impact in that regard um but i don't think it i don't think that the, the unless it was unless i'm not aware of it that the the style of one or the other really messed with me all that much uh, in terms of my enjoyment or, or, or of the films themselves Right, because I wondered whether, if your preference was vampires, whether it would be that horror sci-fi western was too much, and, oh, okay. and kind of horror western was enough. Because yeah. it is, it is a lot of things in many ways, and it doesn't quite, um, it doesn't quite live up to all those things. But it still is effectively like a, a drive-in movie, you know, <laughs> like it's a cheap yeah, it kind is. of, you know, who gives a fuck? Let's get off to do the bits we're here for type movie. Right, and um, I was just curious to see that. Uh, like my preference and yours goes backwards, but yeah, the, it does. The, the I do wonder if the aesthetic of the version you saw plays into it. You know when the ghosts are free, yeah, and they kind of swirl around. So that's John Carpenter himself with a video camera, and then they treat it a lot. And you can kind of see in high definition, you can kind of see like interlacing lines and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. So I should think it's with some kind of video camera. He calls it. Hey, mate, I'll put it in my notes. He he describes that as. Um, hang on a minute, where have I written it down? Uh, you had, oh, no, no, Hentridge described it as, you had to chase us with the video camera. Oh, okay, okay. And then it's later on, it does seem like he's operating the camera on that one, then they went and treated it a lot. But They're like the POV stuff of the of the ghosts. Yeah, where it's like yeah. swirling around. But yeah, if that, yeah. I mean, other than having some filters and some like ghosting effects and stuff on it, um, did your version not have that much visual distinction in quality between that stuff and the major bulk of the film? Oh no, I would say it did. Okay, I would, I would say it did. But but what the the defining quality of of the the vast majority of the film to me was it felt like that kind of that like flat soap opera video look was what it looked okay. like to me. It's going to be um, the same version. I just know it is because <laughs> it's kind of grain free, which blows me away. Because it looks like it would be made. Having seen it in the cinema, I was amazed how much it looked like it could have been shot on, you know, uh, modern, you know, four K, whatever. Yesterday, okay. It well, that's why I was wondering. I was, like, I, was thinking, I was thinking it looked what it looked like to me was like it might have been shot on something like HDV. Was what was why I was was why I had the question. Yeah, no, I think it's still very much Panavision. And it's still actually still like anamorphic lenses and stuff. I mean, a lot of people will criticize it because it doesn't have that, 
you know, that sort of blooming style of a lot of his early work. And yes, to to a point, he's just letting people get on with it. But actually, yeah. these movies were both shot by the same DOP. Oh, really? Okay. And it's the same guy who shot everything going back for him, I think, everything going back to They Live. Wow. Oh, that, that far back. So, Interesting. Okay. So it's his guy, effectively, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I've written down. It was the same guy who shot... Uh, Vampires Escape from L.A., Village of the Damned, uh, Body Bags, which was the TV movie they did. They Live, Prince of Darkness. Wow. And he hasn't actually shot much else. He's mostly worked with Carpenter. He shot the That's Double Dragon crazy. movie, which was garbage, and Robocop yeah. 3. Oh, wow. So, okay. Was that a straight-to-DVD or straight-to-video thing? Robocop 3? No, it was the PG one, but I think it still went into okay. cinemas. Okay. So... Um, the 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 fun thing I did look up was films that came out around the same time as these. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do just that. to put them in context. So, the first Potter came out at the same time as Ghosts of Mars. Holy shit! Well, I, uh, I did actually notice that the release date for Ghosts of Mars is like two and a half weeks before nine eleven, uh, and Which, we got it afterwards. Yeah, we got it in November, so it's it's kind of wild in that respect, actually. Uh, just because I think cinemas, I mean, well, I was still working in cinemas, so it was, it was a really, really difficult time because there was stuff there, but no one really wanted what was there. Yeah, you know, like um, Spy Game, Behind Enemy Lines. These films came out, but they're not really jingoistic films. Well, the ones that would come the next summer, you know, and afterwards, like mm. the Pearl Harbors and stuff, like those were the ones. Uh, Tears of the Sun, I always remember as being a very post nine eleven film. You know, America feeling strong, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, bizarrely, on in both the release dates here and in the US, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back came out the same day. Oh, did it really? Okay. Yeah, ah, which is bizarre. It just happened yeah. to be on exactly the same day in both places. Um, Vampires was a little more troubling to find out what came on the same day, but I think I do have a note for it. Or maybe I don't. Or maybe there was just nothing interesting. The other one that came out around the same time was Jet Li's The One. If you're looking oh, at weird I, sci-fi I, I messes, I, I'm fairly sure I went to see that. Oh well, you could have had the choice of Ghosts of Mars. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. So. What a terrible decision that was in retrospect. <laughs> no, the one is pretty good. Also, starring Statham, bizarrely. Oh really? I, I don't remember much about it. Just kind of, kind of gently flying for a plate glass window is pretty much all I remember about it. That it, it hasn't really stuck in my brain at all. You don't remember giant pyramid of Stathams all fighting each other? Nope. Not Statham, sorry, of, of Jet Li's all fighting nope. each other? Because nope. they're I mean, all fighting for dominance? I don't know. Well, it's worth checking out again, because that is some real again. amusing crap right there. Uh, it sounds like so, it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it, I think. There is there is a, uh, not necessarily a rumour, but a story that the original idea for Ghosts of Mars was Escape from Mars, and it was going to be a Snake Plissken. Oh, it's going to be a, a Plissken thing, okay. I can see Which that. you can see in a yeah. way, but I'm not sure I really see, buy it. You can see that, that, that shot, because when they first get to the, the, the police station, there's that, they look at the, again, the surveillance uh, footage, and there's like a, an above shot, and you just kind of see the back of Ice Cube's head in the cell. Yeah. Uh, and I could kind of see that being like the back of Kurt Russell's head. It's, you know, like a, you can see a little bit of the eye patch strap or something. Yeah. But I, I, I can see it in the structure. I'm not sure I really buy it by the time it's made. No. I think maybe when the, the kernel of an idea was done, it could have been that. But the, this, there was something I read that said the idea goes back to like 1994. So mm -hmm. I should think maybe they 
it got pivoted and it was like, right, okay, escape from LA is going to be the way I'm going to do it. And then this other Martian idea might come back somewhere else type thing. Or maybe it'd be a third one, but no one wants to make it by that point. So yeah, it could be. Yeah. I just, I don't know. The, the idea of doing, I know there was always an escape from earth uh, idea floated around the time, but uh, okay. I don't know. I'm to be honest, after escape from LA, I don't really want a third one. Just leave it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it wasn't that talk but, of re- rebooting that uh, a few years ago. Yeah, I think they've, they've they've started with it a couple of times. I don't know whether it's a rights thing or whether they've never really settled on the whole idea. Because there was talk of like, uh, I can't remember who was going to direct it, but it was going to be Gerard Butler. Oh, okay. And I was like, just don't make him snake Pliskin and I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then there was the idea of doing it with The Rock. Okay. But then now I think The Rock is going to be in a remake of Big Trouble. So... Oh, okay. Unless that's all gone to shit. So I don't know. A lot of these things, because of the way these were largely independent films to some degree, um, or they were sold off after the fact, I don't really know who owns all the rights to them because it's all a bit messy. So remaking them is probably a little effort in uh, IP management as much as anything. Sure, yeah. Wow, Claire Vile's a lot younger than you, than you, you might think. Oh yeah, old... she was one of the, the teen stars of the time. She was in like oh. the faculty and stuff. In, in oh, okay. The late uh, the only place I recognized her from and only seeing a picture of her now was she was in a couple episodes of The Handmaid's Tale. Hmm. Um, but, but Good yeah. For her. I would say she was 21 maybe at the time? She was 20. Okay, there you go. Not yeah. far off. Well, I guess, no, when, when, no, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, when was it? Are you putting it in, uh, let's say 2000? Oh, uh, then she was 23. Okay. 22, 23, yeah. So still pretty young. She's only 44, yeah. so. Yeah, uh, and Henstridge was only like 27 at this point because she'd only started acting a couple of years earlier with Species, which I didn't realize. Oh, true, yeah. So it's funny because you think of these people as like being older than us or whatever, but they're not that much older. They're not that much older than us. (laughs) So um, you touched on it briefly, and I want to end with this. Um, Recasting, I think, I genuinely believe, if Ghosts of Mars was made in 1982, people think it would be one of John Carpenter's best. I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if they, yeah, if it was made with those production techniques, I, I, yes, I completely agree. It would have been Martian the Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe not Martian the Thing. That's a pretty hallowed ground, but it might be Martian right. the Fog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I, I, I love the Fog. So right, it's right. not, you know, the Thing is, is, you know, best movies of all time. The, sure. the Fog no, is best it. John Carpenter movies. Um, so I, I kind of think, and I kind of feel the same way, like, like I know the easier answer with vampires is Kurt Russell as Jack Crow, and you've got a movie that's much more likable. True. I don't know exactly what you do with um, with Ghosts of Mars in that era. But- no, who who do you, who do you cast in in those roles who could make it? I mean, because if you talk about the original plan of Courtney Love, I still think that wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it probably would have sunk even more than it sunk. Yeah. And I don't want to bag on Henstridge because she's not terrible. I think she does a pretty decent job in this. No, and actually I didn't touch on it, but apparently she left the, the shoot for a, a more than a week with exhaustion. Oh, wow. Because she'd just come off the back of two other films. She hadn't done any training for it because she'd joined the production so late. Okay. And um, there's a, there's actually a changeover where her first scene coming back leads into her last scene before she left. Mm-hmm. And John Carmen is like, look, you're crying there because you're about to collapse. Oh, and it was—it's yeah. just as she's possessed oh, when right. she walks back into the room as Clay Duvall shoots the shoots the thing, and the, you can yeah. on the high def version, you can kind of tell that she's looking a bit 
you know, oh sunken. Okay. And uh, yeah, and so she had to leave production for a bit because she uh, was sick. So, which I, I wouldn't, I couldn't have guessed that. But actually, when you look at the structure of it, there's enough bits and pieces where you can get on with stuff without her for a while. So, so, so who, who do you, who do you, thinking about that time, thinking about this is like early 2000s, very early 2000s, late 90s. Who yeah. was there around strong female wise, strong female act, actor wise to, that could have filled that ballad role instead of her that might have brought a bit more star power other than the woman who was in Species, you know? Um, I mean... Like, do you go Sandra Bullock? By that point, probably not, because yeah. she's already on the decline, right? I mean, if you're going mid-90s, yes. True, but true. she's like you're she's after the net and stuff at this point. The net, absolutely, yeah, yeah. She's into like her miscongeniality era, isn't she? I'm the fabulous baby. Um, <laughs> so I don't know that that kind of works for me. You could go if you could get someone like um, uh, what's her name? What's the the redhead lady who was in like Boogie Nights and stuff? Begins with an M. Mila Jovovich. Well, you could get Mila Jovovich, but then you've already got two. You've already got Resident Evil coming out, and she can't act for shit. No, so, um, hang on a minute. I just need to look up. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, she can do that, but I mean, you're looking yeah, for yeah. a but, no, looking you, for, you, a you're strong... looking for a lead. Yeah, yeah. Rather than quirky. Uh, I mean, in that, uh, oh, Christ, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I, I mean, if like you're going we're... back, if you if you're taking my thought exercise and going back to the oh the eighties, eighties, it's Jamie Lee Curtis, surely. Jamie Lee Curtis, or, uh, yeah, because you can't you can't really do like a um, like Sigourney Weaver. It's it's too close to Ripley. No, definitely not after Ripley. Also, you probably couldn't get her. So, no, true, true, true. but you probably could get ascendant Jamie Lee Curtis who wants mm-hmm. to not play the victim for once. Yep. So, um, and, uh, you know, you, you're into the rep company then you could get Tom Atkins, you could get, you know, any of those folks who were in the other ones. I mean, Donald Pleasance as the train driver, like you could, you know, you could do all sorts of bits and pieces of getting those folks back. Yeah. Julianne Moore, who was, who uh, is who I was ah, thinking. Ah, okay. 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 I mean, it skews a touch older, I think. I mean, I don't the, want to... The, the Julianne Moore, known best for being the uh, the evil supervillain in um, Kingsman 2, The Golden Circle. I uh, haven't seen it, don't plan to see it. But uh, yes. We talked about it in one of our rambles that we did. Uh, where I Well, I we did, yeah. And, I just... Yeah. I just listened to it yesterday. You so. know how I... Yeah, I just... With those films, I just kind of get to the point of like... I saw the train, I was like, you know what? Don't need to see it. So... Yeah. You're right. But around that era, yeah, I mean, you're probably looking at more like your Heather Grahams and your, you oh, know. Oh, Heather Graham, um, yeah, okay. Uh, what was her name? Famke Jansen. Um, yeah, even maybe someone like... Uh, I'm trying to think oh, who else shit, would be left in was, that era to uh, potentially pull in for it. One of the, one of the, 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 the bad chicks. Uh, why can't I remember her name? Not... not not American Pie, not Kevin Smith's wife, not Eliza Dushku, but oh, um, uh, went off and started an animal sanctuary. Um, 
Jesus Christ, what was her name? Hang on, I'm looking at Not Tara Reed is what I'm thinking of. Can Ali you imagine Tara Reed in this? Oh, that'd be terrible. Ali Larter. Oh, Ali Larter. Ali Larter would have been yeah. alright. I think she would Ali have been not. I was thinking of um because Ali Lata did play which which like horror movie did she play strong in? Was it I was one of the? I was trying um, to think that I've got an image of her in like in a Final like Destination car covered in blood or something. Um, yeah, you were probably thinking of Shannon Elizabeth. She's she's yeah, Shannon Elizabeth into, was who I was going to. Yeah, but it wouldn't. Yeah, have she's worked. big into animal rights but, now. But yeah, but I think Ali Lata would have done a great job of this. Even Ali like Lata probably could have done it. Yeah, Jessica Biel. Although it's a touch early before she's come along. True, she kind of did strong. It's tough because it feels like, like you say, it feels like an older movie than it is. They both do. They, I mean, to an yeah. extent, they feel like a, a film from a different era because they're made by an older filmmaker who potentially isn't on the, you know, on the on the same, like, let's do super cool, like, you know, whatever, like fucking Jason X came out around this time. And Jason X is an amazing right. piece of sci-fi shit that does have most of the cast of um, not Lex, but what was the other one? Um, Andromeda. <laughs> oh, there are multiple people in Jason X from Andromeda. I, it stole most of the cast. Oh, really? So, so Andromeda is an interesting one because I, 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 you know, I was super into Star Trek back then, and I really wanted another Star Trek series when that came out because we had we'd had Voyager, we had DS Nine. I think we were waiting for either Voyager was wrapping up. And we were waiting for Enterprise, or or Voyager had already finished, and we were waiting for Enterprise. Um, and I was really keen because it was Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda, and I was really excited for it. What was and, it? Like a Earth Final Conflict and all that shit, where they were just yeah. like, Gene once scribbled some notes on the back of a beer mat. Let's make it. That's basically as as tenuous as a connection as, as it has, because um, mm. it's. Uh, that, like I think even like um, like Michelle Barrett and stuff has come out saying, yeah, yeah, we didn't really like his name being attached to it, and there were like multiple attempts to uh, to to make this story that was just kind of essentially some some scribbles. Um, uh, but yeah, it was, it was yeah. There's this here's the uh, let me send it to you. Here's the the title card for it. And it's kind of hard to see because it's small, but it's right above where it says Rom Rom Romed. It says Gene Roddenberry's. Yeah. Okay. Um. And uh, and I really I was really into it and really wanted to like it. And and everyone was saying it was crap. And I was like, no, it's great. It's really good. And and it's fantastic. And I went, I tried to revisit it about a year ago, maybe a little bit less than a year ago, even. Um, actually, so it was developed by Robert Hewitt Wolf, who is one of the guys, and written by Robert Hewitt Wolf is one of the. I think main I knew that. Guys. For DS9? DS9? Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think remember. Yeah. Iris Stephen Bear and Robert Hewitt Wolf are the two the two people. So I was like, it's it's got Trek people attached. It's gotta be good. Um and I, I you know watched probably most of the first season and, and maybe even part of the second, but like re- returning to it, it's fucking terrible. It's just not good. The bad characters, bad channel. actors, bad bad scripts, bad sets, bad CGI, just I didn't find any redeeming quality of it, except for Trans Gemini, who I still have a crush on. Twenty years later, yeah. Uh, the Horror Channel here has it as part of their like. Well, I don't know what they still do because I don't. My aerial's pretty much completely buggered. I don't really watch live TV anymore. But 
um, the Horror Channel was showing as part of their like, we've got a load of old sci-fi crap we can show you blog. Mm. And because um, the Horror Channel is difficult to have as a 24-hour channel. <laughs> so they show just a lot of like, like low-level shit. So they show a lot right. of Star Trek. They show a lot of like um, sci-fi stuff. They call it the sci-fi zone, but it's most of the day, to be honest. Okay. And um, Andromeda was in there. I don't know where they've had Earth Final Conflict, but they've had a lot of this late 90s garbage, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I've seen little bits of it. And yeah, Transgemini, uh, Andromeda herself, Lexa Doug. Yeah. And the other one, like a lot of those people were in Jason X that came out at the same time, really? which was Friday the 13th Part 10, effectively, um, which was Jason Goes to Space or Spacen. Uh, depending on how you uh, yeah. you know i might for one of these i might make you watch jason x and then try and try and make it make sense in context all right but yeah um there's like nanobots there's loads of shit that happens in jason x it's it's just fucking stupid um but yeah they made it in canada on the cheap and then it didn't get released for like two years or something weird oh, like really? it turns out it was made, it's it's like made at one point then it was released much later yeah oh. i think it was already trying to get I think if uh, Freddy versus Jason had happened as quick as they wanted it to, that Jason mm-hmm. X would never have come out. Oh, really? Okay. It was, yeah, yeah, I think that's what happened. And then they, they finally released it because they're like, fuck it, we've got it. Let's just finish it and chuck it out. Because mm-hmm. uh, it had been a good three or four years bef- between that and the final chapter or whatever they called it, the last uh, Jason uh, Goes to Hell. Okay. You know? So, Which was kind of a mess, actually, uh, having watched them all in the last uh, two years. Yeah, of course, you went, you went through them all, didn't you? I did. That's a story for another time. But yeah, uh, the, but yeah, the, the uh, I've completely lost track of what we were talking about, really. But the yeah, sorry, this I whole the entrance of the talk. <laughs> no, but it, it was a weird era because, like you say, Lex Andromeda, Final Conflict. There was this like small era at the end of the nineties where, um, what do you call it? Syndication became a thing mm. again, and there was enough money in it that um, it wasn't it was viable to make shows for just for syndication and sell them into distributed markets. And that's where a lot of this crap came from because you had your cable and you had your networks and you had your real TV, but there was enough money. Yeah. There's enough money in like K X two eleven Los Angeles or whatever that needs a show to put up like whatever time on a Thursday evening. And they wanted to try and compete with, you know, the, the big network shows of the time. Interesting. Okay, that makes sense. So that's where a lot of this crap came from. Yeah, and it really was it's, like you know. I just I just wonder why you go sci-fi with that. Not that I'm complaining because some good stuff came out of it, but it just seems like well, that's one of the more expensive genres to make. Yeah, you've got to you've got to create all the sets and the props, and then a lot of the time you've got uh, CG components and models, and uh, you know you set anything in a more fantastical universe, and you you've got you've got higher production costs, surely. Definitely, but also you can pull people in with the whiz bang of it all. And I suppose, yeah. I don't know. I suppose it was just an era where sci-fi was doing quite well, and people were yeah. a bit sick of like traditional formats. Yeah, that's um, true. And so, uh, and also you could shoot it in Canada on a bunch of sets. You could keep standing because it was kind of cheap. Yep. So yeah, it's great. like I mean, point. Stargate was kind of, and I know you're a fan of Stargate, mm-hmm. was was a similar model, but that was on Showtime or whatever, right? Initially Showtime, yeah, and then late into its run, Showtime cancelled sci-fi? it to sci-fi, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah, so it's the same sort of thing, really. It's 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 where you get to where we have now, where these um, 
what you think of as quite small cable networks like sci-fi or whatever can afford to make their own original programming mm-hmm. you know uh battlestar and that mid 2000s era oh true yeah. hap- happens because this era happened yeah. because there was enough i don't know whether it's even brave but there was enough potential to to, to make this crap on the cheap you know right they just Which didn't really make it well the, or they weren't adventurous what was the budget for ghosts of mars um, I think it was something like forty million. Hang on a minute. Where's my notes gone? Uh, Wikipedia says twenty-eight million, but it's not always reliable. Uh, I have. Um, hang on a minute. One sec. Ooh, jeez. Opening weekend was not yeah. Twenty-eight million, fourteen million worldwide, five million domestic is what I've got written down. Three point eight million opening. Oh, that's not good. Oh yeah, it did not do well. But then, no. um, actually, we might finish on the uh, the trailers because there's, I think oh, yeah. there's a reason it didn't do well. So, um, yeah, Vampires was was successful enough and probably a fun enough shoot for Carpenter. Whereas I think this shoot was probably a bit of a slog. I could see that, and it didn't do well. And I think he was just kind of like, "Fuck it, I'm out of time." And, uh, and walked away. And then I don't exactly know the story around the ward, but that's for another Halloween show. Yes, definitely. I don't even I don't know anything about the ward, so and I'm gonna intend I intend to keep it that way. Fair enough. That was he made that in 2010, 2011. I don't know where the money comes from. Uh, all I will say is it's a similar film. Uh, it's still a John Carpenter film. Put it that way, and everything that implies at this point in his career. Okay. Um, final thoughts is, is what I'm going to ask you for. And then I'm going to call okay. it done. Um, would you watch either of these again? And would you let me pick two more John Carpenters for you for another Halloween? Uh, yes and yes. And oddly, uh, it, it, going into this, in fact, no, I'm going to say that back. The one that I would watch again is the one that I liked less. I would watch Ghosts of Mars again because I'm more fascinated by it. I feel like I've gotten everything I can out of vampires. Um, mm. And I get it. And I don't want to see either whatever the fuck or um, uh, 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 James Woods' face again um, anytime soon. Uh, it's not a bad film by any stretch, I don't think. I honestly enjoyed it. Uh, but I, I just didn't like their performances. Um, so uh, MCA currently has his VHS copy of Vampires in his mouth and has for a while. If you're going to watch it, you need to watch this version. Oh yes, I would. Mu- I, I would much rather watch that version um, with all its like grey colours throughout. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I would I would go back to to, to Ghosts of Mars just because I'm it's it, it's a, an odd curiosity to me and I kind of want to see hmm. more of it. I'm, I want to figure it out a bit more. Um, because I went into it so blind that I had no preconceptions about it. Now I'm kind of like, I I, I would turn extra analytical brain on it. I think if I went back and watched it again, (laughs) I would be fascinated to see if you ever arrive at the point where I am with it, which is that I I really like it. Yeah. I don't know. It's not top tier, No, but there's something, you know, middle guilty pleasure about it for me. Sure. Where I honestly think, like you, you pull that out of the very end of Carpenter's career, and you put it in the 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 early era, and and people would say it's brilliant because it feels to me almost like a nineteen seventies film. Mm. 
made in 2001 and i think some of that is to its detriment so it could be yeah i can i can almost visualize how it would look if they'd done it back then i feel like it would have been like darker and and a bit the the grime that they kind of went they they tried to to put into um the the whole aesthetic of 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 mars and this martian civilization i feel like it may have been more believable um but it kind of it suffered a bit from the uh, like the episode one disease of, of feeling a bit too clean in my, in, from the, what I saw. Um, but I don't know, again, it could be because of the copy that I saw and I'm curious to see, I really am curious to see if, if, if that was just an anomaly of me seeing it the way I saw it. Well, I'm actually just looking for, and I think I've just found, hang on a minute, a clip, which looks to be from 2018 and is in 1080p on YouTube. So yeah. this, I think this must be from the, the, uh, the version I saw. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It looks, it looks super clean. So I'm going to drop that into the chat and then we'll get a final thought on that. And if that was the same version you saw, then, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, it could be a benefit to me and a negative to you. Yeah. I suppose in, in the way it looks. I mean, because I, I liken it to, my mind always goes back to, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Total Recall mm. in some, some of the model shots and some of the Martian stuff. And, you know, it's not Paul Verhoeven. It's not all over the over the place, like crazy, crazy, crazy. But it's, you know, it's got a lot of that kind of weird models. It's got a lot of like, it could be a Total Recall fan film or something. Because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, it's quite it small scale. Yeah. Yeah, so this this story was happening on the other side of Mars. Mm. I mean, it doesn't look radically different from what I saw. Okay, so you probably saw the remastered, clean version. God, that music. See, the music, if it was all synth... Again, like if it was all like you take it and you just make the same film almost in the eighties, yeah. and I think I think you just and I'm, that's not apologizing for it because it is like it is what it is, and I like what it is. But like if the music had been done by like Alan Howarth and and Carpenter in the eighties with those sort of tool sets, yeah, not Anthrax doing their griggity, you know, like I think you'd you'd probably have you know something more ethereal in the soundtrack, which would probably help it. I think you're right, yeah. Now, I mean, this this looks honestly, this looks like what I saw, but with the the brightness turned down a bit. I feel okay. like the bright, I feel like the brightness was way up there when. Oh, that's how the train driver died. Um, <laughs> was way up there <laughs> uh, when I, in, in the in the version that I saw. But I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm uncertain. Either way, I mean, I don't think you saw the standard def DVD kind of mess. No, no, I don't so, think so. But um, yeah, well, I suppose there we have it. You know, yep. Ghost of Mars, I think, looks amazing and like it was shot yesterday, and you think it looks like it was crap because it was shot on video yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, it looks like it was shot on video in 1997. Is that how it looks to me? Well, I suppose so. But yeah, you know. and uh, and vampires looks how vampires looks, and most of it looks like. James Woods' ugly, ugly head spewing homophobic jokes. Yeah. 
It looks more like a, it looks more like a film film, whereas the Ghost of Mars to me looks more like a TV movie. That's kind of kind of the impression that I've always. I, get no, I suppose that's fair. Yeah. I like all the TV moviness of it. I don't know. I I'm, I like Ghost of Mars more than more than most of the world apparently, and I don't mind vampires, but I, I it sings to me less than Ghost of Mars does. But like I say, I don't think Carpenter's made a bad film, and if I had to pick one for the bottom of the pile, it would be. Um, Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which just doesn't feel like a John Carpenter film. Does it not? Okay, interesting. But that'll be the the last episode we ever do again if we're going to watch that piece of shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent.